some kind of cough. Oh, sorry. Are we recording? I was too busy staring longingly at Lem's ass to uh, to do the intro. Uh, everybody, pile on into Mackie's Clubhouse. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. We should tell everybody while we're recording this right now that um, we discovered this feature with Skype where it's like transcribing everything uh, he and I are saying. So it's really fucking with me right now, and I- I'm enjoying it. Like I can't see what I'm saying. I only nope. it only prints out what you're saying. So. Every time you say anything, I'm like, I'm really reading these uh, these closed captions because the words aren't always correct, and it's it's kind of weird and funny. <laughs> so if I'm distracted, that's it's gonna why. It's going to be great if it's just like got random things that we didn't say at all. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> that could be a whole new segment. All right. <laughs> so here we are, uh, season two, episode nine, Jank. Yeah, episode nine and ten we're looking at this week uh episode nine is yeah as you mentioned co-pilot written by sean ryan and glenn mazera uh first airs march 4th 2003 directed by peter horton that guy once again from side out children of the corn uh gray's anatomy yes that peter horton (laughs) yes he's back i do like that guy like he is cool in the movies i've seen him in i love I love Children of the Corn. I love Side Out. Side Out is so corny and awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, but I feel like I need to. Yeah, you have to. It's like a it's it's an 80s summer volleyball movie. It's terrible. <laughs> is yeah. it better or worse than the volleyball scene in Top Gun? Uh, it's worse because it goes <laughs> on. Oh, it, no. It's that scene, but for like 92 minutes. Do they at least not wear jeans the whole time? Uh, there, no, there might be some jeans in there. See, Thomas Howe might <laughs> rock some jeans once in a while. Cause he's, you know, he's the new guy. He's, he's new on the volleyball scene. And, and uh, oh, you know, uh, Bernie from Weekend at Bernie is in there. Uh, Terry Kaiser, he, he, he's like the uncle. He's a dick. That guy's always <laughs> a dick in everything. Always. What a star-studded cast. Yeah, you gotta watch it. It's terrible. But anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> that Peter Horton. Well, that's good. That's, yeah, that's good. Yes. But yeah, the the, uh, the episode is called Co-Pilot, yeah. uh, essentially because I guess this could have been the pilot uh, in an alternate reality. They could have just started here. Uh, this episode is a flashback to the very first day that they opened up the uh, the barn here. The, yeah. uh, the Farmington, you know, uh, squad first got started basically when it first became their own segment of the police force. Uh, so, it's so it's 14 months, Jank, 14 months from the timeline that we're at currently in the show earlier. Yeah, which I have a lot of questions about that. I hear you, man. <laughs> I hear you. But anyways. We'll probably talk about that in the Dumpy Award, because I think this kind of breaks a lot of the timeline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's cool, because it's, it, I guess this is a, it's a very divisive episode, as we've touched on a couple of times before. See, seems like a lot of people hate this episode but i don't have a problem with it i thought it was a fine episode for the most part um it's certainly got some lulls like most episodes do but um for the most part it's cool to see you know what everybody was like when the barn first opened and shit like that i, I some didn't characters hate it. that were gone yeah it's, I it's it fine was, i mean it's not like you said it's not the greatest episode um as far as like you know excitement goes there's not a ton in here but the concept of it i enjoyed you know, 
I like, yeah. I, I don't know, I thought it was fun. Like, hey, here's these characters. We're just going to, you know, we'll take them back a year and let's, let's just see, you know. Shane smoking and, <laughs> you know. Now, the one thing that might have been cooler is if they had done this later on down the line. Like, you know, once more people have, like, died and stuff like that, or, or they're just not on the show. And you go get those actors back and you can just, like, oh, I get to see this person again. Yeah. Whereas this one is kind of just throwing back to people that we already already mostly on the show or we just saw die. <laughs> so it's like, all right, it's, it's maybe you could have done this at a better time and had more of an impact. But other than that, it is nice to see, you know, just what it could have been or what the uh, what the first couple of days were like. Yeah. And um, we get a lot of insight into the strike team and why they are the way they are. So I didn't appreciate that for sure. Here's something that's totally off topic, but, you know, this this episode's kind of like for not necessarily foreshadowing, but you mm-hmm. kind of just see, you oh, this is kind of why he's like that. And this is kind of. But anyways, you know, whenever you watch, uh, you don't you don't watch this on Hulu. OK, but I, I watch this on Hulu. Um, so over on Hulu, when you uh, like when you click on the little icon that says the shield, it's like it's the graphic of Vic Mackey and he's handcuffed to a dead body and he's holding the arm up in the air. Do you, do you yeah. know this photo I'm referring to? I think the, that was the, the cover of uh, like the season six DVD and that was like the main you know promo image for that season. Okay, well like Lem's dead in that photo. That's <laughs> Lem that he's handcuffed to. Like if you if you don't like if you're not really yep. paying attention, you might not even notice. But if you look at it, you're like, that's fucking Lem, and it's like, I don't know, that seems dumb. <laughs> that really is dumb. They need to at least like you could trim that image so you just see the hand and not like the part of Lem's face that's sticking out. Like you can yep. easily crop that shit. I hear you. Not that we're trying to ruin anything, but we're just <laughs> yeah. saying. Um, just saying maybe Lem might be in some danger. Yeah, but that's a long time. <laughs> long, long time. Um, so we start off where Vic and Shane are at some carjack. There's a murder there. They're wearing suits and shit. Yeah, that was it's, cool. It's, it's they're kind weird. of dressed like Dutch. <laughs> yes, they're trying to be regular old detectives. Like, hey, I'm Sipowitz and I'm I'm Dutch over here, you know? Yeah. They got suits on and shit. No leather jackets, no T-shirts. Yeah, and Shane. Yeah, apparently, once you get to be a you know, you get your own team, you can just wear T-shirts. That's fine. Yeah. Dress code goes out the window. So Gilroy shows up. Um. So this is cool. Like this is another. Like I don't. I like Gilroy as a character. Like when he's around, there's always something good going on. At least whether you you know whether it's you know good for Vic, bad for Vic, whatever for Vic. At least something. He's very entertaining in the next episode for sure. Yeah. So Gilroy shows up. He tells Vic, listen, I can't sell the chief on you, like, to, to lead this new strike team. We're putting this strike team together, and I know you want it, but the, the chief ain't buying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah. they said that they mentioned that Vic apparently was in trouble for this, uh, mixing it up with this guy, you know, named Plotkin, who I guess was his old boss at, you know, his last uh, post. So it's good to see that Vic, you know, never really learns about <laughs> He's always pissing off his boss at every place he goes to. And basically, Gilroy tells him, listen, I only got one favor with the chief. If I use this favor on you, I'm kind of fucked. Yeah. And Vic's kind of like, listen, you're going to you're going to get me in there. And I want fucking Shane. And he's like, fucking Shane. No fucking way with Shane. That guy's <laughs> total dude. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So and he's probably right about that. <laughs> It's probably right to not bring Shane, but for entertainment purposes, I'm glad that he did. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so then we get a scene with Vic. Uh, okay, so 14 months ago, we get a scene of Vic at home. Listen, hon, I got this job opportunity. It's going to be more overtime. That means I'm not going to be at the house with you you and the kids as much, you know? And what does she say, Jake? <laughs> She's like, we'll manage. She's you very lovey-dovey in this scene. You yep. have she to super take supportive. this job. We will manage here. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, she's like fucking getting private eyes on him and shit. Yeah, like the even weirder thing is like they're like he's like kissing her neck and they're like getting all touchy and stuff. Yeah. Like she really changed real quick. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like she flipped on a dime. Um. So yeah, that's odd. But anyways, she's all into it, and then you know a year later, she's like wants a divorce and shit. Um, she refuses to talk to him like a human being ever. So we get a scene then where Acevedo walks into the barn. Okay. But mm-hmm. nope, nobody's really there yet. You hear people working and you know, they're, you know, workers are there fixing things. You hear drills and people chattering. <laughs> we get to see the secret origin of the cage. Some guys put up, you know, some fencing. <laughs> oh yeah. Pretty much what we always expected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Acevedo's in there. But it's just as epic as when they were building the Death Star at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Remember episode three? Like, they, they show them building the Death Star off in the distance? I barely... Nah, I, can't, I haven't <laughs> seen that movie. It's been a lot of years since I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's that's a good call because it's terrible. It's not worth the three, it's the, it's the best one. Yeah, I remember it being the best of those three, but it's not worth going back and sitting through. I think I have it. I think I have all the Star Wars first six, anyways. These, these new ones, I'm, 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 I'm not even yeah. watching. <laughs> I haven't even seen the last one, the Skywalker one. Yeah, you're not missing anything. <laughs> you're better off bet. watching the Sleepaway Camp trilogy over and over oh, again. Yeah, yeah. That's a much oh, better I, trilogy. Speaking of sleepaway camp, since you brought it up, listen, you brought it up, and that is our theme this season. <laughs> Along with the shield, we will also be dis- discussing sleepaway camp as often as possible. Yeah, right. Uh, I watched two documentaries yesterday on sleepaway camp, both on YouTube. One's called um, At the Waterfront <laughs> After the Social. Um, that, yeah, that's a mouthful. It's a mouthful of a title right there. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a line in the movie, and then. Um, <laughs> What the fuck was the other one called? Like, uh, Angela something or another. But they were both good. And then I watched this fucking homemade, uh, like, Judy from the original one. You know, the one that gets the curling iron up the the kajoot. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. She made, like, a little, like, I don't know who made it. It was very amateur. Like, it's very YouTube movie. But she's, like, um, she's this killer who uh, she goes after, like, this deadbeat dad who's, you know, all like uh you know laughing over the fact he didn't buy his kids shoes and shit and all the other kids are picking on him at school so uh judy shows up and like curling irons like the the dude the deadbeat dad and his new girlfriend really yeah it's terrible it is Where did, terrible is she curling iron them like in the butthole uh, well, she, no, the woman, she, like, stuck it in the ear and out the other side type of thing. And then the dude, she shoved it down his throat and then, like, you know, pulled it out and, like, blood exploded out of his throat like a volcano or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was 
so it's so crazy that she made a whole career out of you know being involved yeah. with curling irons. Yeah, well, actually, like, I, well, if you watch the document, well, since we're talking about it, Jake, we might as well just go into it for a second. But Judy, yeah. apparently, like, uh, when I was walking, watching the documentary, like, she is nothing like that character from what I, what they say. And I guess her and Angela, you know, uh, they, they were really good friends and sisters, like, on, on the set and shit. Oh, and man. then, like, and then Judy, like, didn't find out till, like, I don't know into the 2000s when like this movie like got a renaissance from some dude who built a website around it and she's like i never knew anybody even watched this movie so like she's real down to earth and cool like she isn't like the cunt that she seems like in that movie because she's super <laughs> cunty in that movie oh well, that's nice to hear yeah yeah she yeah she seems like very nice and humble and you know down to earth but anyways Jane, the kind of lady you wouldn't want to shove a <laughs> curling iron up her yeah, vagina no, 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 no she seems fine um, but anyways, the shield though, Jake. Oh yeah, that. So, that show. Yeah, so uh, you know, Osavita's checking out the new digs, and here comes Vic, and he's like, mm-hmm. "What are you doing here?" You know, right away off the bat, they, they already don't get along. <laughs> he's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm here about the strike team leader, and he's like, "What? We're still interviewing for that shit." And uh, Vic's like, well, Gilroy told me I already got it, so, you know, deal with it, basically. Yeah. Although Vic tries to be nice in this scene. He is trying to be nice about it. Yeah, he is. Like, he's trying like to be he's... professional. Yeah. is definitely got a chip on his shoulder already about Vic. He's like, oh, I read your file. We're yeah. trying to do something special here. And Vic's just like, all right, yeah, I'll help out any way I can. Yeah. Whatever you want, yeah. boss. He's kissing ass. He's doing yeah, the right he's... thing. He's, yeah, he's like, let me know how I can help. And then he like he tries to shake his hand and then bum ba bum ba bum theme song jank, five minutes and twenty seven seconds. What quick one. Yeah. All right. Uh Aceveda briefs briefs the squad, Gilroy talks, it's a bunch of rah rah bullshit. Um <laughs> yep. Vic's addressing the new members of the strike team. Uh, Lem and Ronnie, they're the new guys because him and Shane have a connection, you know. They mm-hmm. partnered up, they quit smoking together, all that kind of shit. So they bring... <laughs> now, here's what I don't get is um, so uh, okay, so Vic is talking to, and he's like, You guys got to get out on the street, let people know, you got to start making connections out there, you know, we got to, we got to make our presence known. And we find out that Lem gets in because Shane vouches for him. Yep. And then we find out Ronnie gets in because he has a mustache. I don't. We, we never find out why Ronnie <laughs> well, gets in. Yeah, we never do find out why Ronnie gets in. He just they just make a joke about his mustache, but there was no actual reasoning as to why Ronnie got in. So I don't know. Maybe that was just somebody that they you know the the higher ups put on the team. I don't think he knew anybody, it seems like, so. Yeah, I did. He must have just been weird. super qualified for this job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, they get a case where there, there's a drive-by, gang-related drive-by, and, you know, dead dead girl or something like that. Mm-hmm. They show up. Uh, there's a pimp there. He, he got shot in the arm, and a couple of his girls are dead, or at least... At least, is it one girl or is it several girls dead? I think one girl was dead, and maybe there were like two that were injured. They were yeah. in the hospital, I think. So, uh, so they're they're grilling Ringo and shit, and 
he, he tells him, like, listen, uh, you know, we need to know what's going on. Well, Ringo, Ringo won't tell him who shot him, but he just looks across the street and across the street. There's a mural of a of a big lion. And he just <laughs> looks at that. And then Vic's like, what? The lion? Who's the lion around here? It's like, all right, you figured that out pretty quick. I mean, I would just assume that guy's <laughs> just ignoring you, not necessarily staring at the lion. Yeah, but that whole, whole uh, graffiti mural across the street is pretty stupid in this whole episode. Like, it gets yes. even dumber later on. Oh, it's way dumber later. <laughs> yeah. uh, Danny is training Julian. They're in a food truck, and then across the street, like, this naked lady well, just Well, first, first, surprise, surprise, from the very first interaction they have, they're not getting along. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're He's, already... like, trying to be respectful and stuff. He's like, oh, you know, ma'am. And she's like, don't call me ma'am. So he's like, okay, sir. And she's like, don't call me sir either. Call, <laughs> yeah. call me Danny. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. Jesus <laughs> he's Christ. trying to be a good fucking respectful human being. Yes, calm down, you bitch. God <laughs> damn. So, yeah, so they're, she's telling him what's going on and shit. They get to the – there's a whole fucking scene with the food truck where Julian wants to pay. and he, yeah. He yeah, I don't know. It's fucking stupid. He doesn't get the cops get free food. I, I hear He's you. Like, well, I got to stick to the book. The book says we pay. Two, though, I'll be honest with you. If I was a cop, I would always pay. I would never be like, oh, you know, hey, I gave you 650 steak hoagies last year. You owe me one. Like, no, 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 no. It was only 600 steak hoagies. And, you know, I don't owe you anything. No, I'll just pay for them. That way I'm not, you know, beholden to anybody for anything. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Although- well, what could they really do about that? They'll just—they <laughs> can't be like, "Oh, you owe me." They'll just be like, "No, no, I don't." Goodbye. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Who knows these days, Jake? Uh, so yeah, this woman falls out of a screen like a first-story window. She just plops out naked, bloody. She's all like, "Bah!" She's crazy. <laughs> Screaming her fucking head off. Yep. Runs right into Danny and Julian. Luckily, <laughs> good thing they're at that food truck right outside of this place. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. They're, they're taking care of here. Then then I get uh, Vic goes to see Claudette tells Vic Lionel Phipps shot girls. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what uh, happened. I don't think he went to see Claudette because I don't even think they meet her until later on. It says um, Vic goes to see. Oh, he goes to see Connie. Oh. Yeah, he goes to see Connie because he's like, I know one of, you know, uh, Ringo's girls, she owes me a favor. I'm gonna go talk yes. to her. So yeah. he, he goes over to her house and she's watching Brian because her mom's doing something. She's like, It's all right, I don't shoot up when I got Brian. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> then beep beep, my mom's here, time to go to work. It's like, whoa, yeah, get that pussy out quick enough, lady. Good lord. But yeah, my shorthand she, usually C is Claudette. I didn't I, I usually Oh, I get ya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Lionel Phipps. Yeah, Connie's got info. This is how we find out about Vic and Connie and shit. Yeah, it turns out this this uh, Lionel guy wants a piece of the, the hooker trade now. I guess he's a drug dealer, and now he wants to you know expand into the hooker trade, and uh, Ringo didn't want to pay up, so now he's coming after his girls. Yeah. So, she, you know, we, we get the strike team out on the street. They got a bunch of guys lined up, uh, hands on the wall. Lem gets into it. Yeah. We meet it's weird guys. to see Lem being the first one to, like, you know, get super violent. Because he always seems like the conscience of the team. But apparently back then he was a little bit more, more wild. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, I, 
I'll tell you what, if I get spit on in the face, I'm immediately yeah. spazzing too, though. Yeah. There's no, Can't there's really no blame rationalizing me. anymore. It is just ruthless aggression. Mm-hmm. That's it. I agree. Yep. But Vic has to kind of step in and be like, hey, not here. He's on our list now, so we'll we'll get this guy. <laughs> but we yeah. can't do it in front of all these people. <laughs> but Rondell's there. We we see Rondell for the first time here, Jim. Yeah, Rondell. He's, he's back. He's part, back. He's part of the uh, the lineup. He's not the guy that Len beats the fuck out of, but he's nope. there. Although the uh, next scene, he he says very uh, you know profanely, "Screw you." <laughs> <laughs> yes they're really hurt hampered in that scene by the uh the fact that they're on fx i think <laughs> yeah I screw you is not very, very uh intimidating no uh we meet dutch he's two hours late and Osavane is <laughs> busting his chops about that for about a minute and a half and it's pretty good i like it i felt bad for dutch because i wonder if anybody actually told him well he like, says way before email like was a common thing so did was Aceveda calling everybody to tell him, hey, we started seven? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because he says, well, in Sunnyside, we started nine. And he's like, well, we start two hours earlier here. I'm like, well, that's your day. responsibility. Hey, to how would I know that? that though? Yeah. You can't just assume I know what time you're thinking for me to show up to work. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. That is your job. <laughs> you had one job. Tell me what time to be. <laughs> you couldn't even do that. You're supposed to organize the people. Set the schedules, that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so Dutch shows up to the crime scene where the naked woman was. They're at that house. Yeah. He, he meets Claudette. He does. There's a good conversation here between those two because there's also another guy there, uh, some sort mm-hmm. of – Detective Gannon. Yeah, Gannon, who broke some kind of serial killer case and – Dutch is enamored with this guy. He wants to blow this dude so goddamn hard because he. I, what, what was the case? I can't remember the case. Uh, Beachwood, I think. Beachwood, Beachwood slasher or something like that. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, some serial killer thing. And Dutch, Dutch just wants to jerk this guy off behind the car. <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, here, this is Claudette Wins," and he's like, "Oh, I've never heard of you." Yeah. <laughs> She's just yeah, like, that... "Why would you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I know that that was one of my lines. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, I haven't heard of you. So he's yeah he he's instantly enamored with Gannon, but really doesn't give a fuck about Claudette at this point. Yeah. Uh, then we now. Do you remember why uh, hearing about Detective Gannon on the show before? Uh, no. Oh, is Gannon the guy that retired and then Dutch picked up the case or whatever? Yeah, and that's Dutch? how he met his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, was, I like how they touch back on those little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Because was it this episode? Yeah, there's a Joe Clark reference in here at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's, oh, there's another one coming up, I think. Well, I'll mention when we get there. Oh, okay. Uh, Vic, this is the scene where Rondell tells Vic, screw you, when he's talking to the cage because he's trying to find this Lawndell or Lionel guy. Yeah, he's trying to get one of them to roll on Lionel. Um, he's like, one of you can, one of you guys can get a deal, but the rest of you won't. So okay. somebody better do it. So in this next scene, it's not even like, it's not even worth mentioning, but Dutch is fucking, he's, he's downstairs with that serial killer guy. The serial killer guy is, um, he loves where the desk is. Dutch hates his desk. He's like, I'm by the kitchen <laughs> in, the, in the ladies room. Like this is the worst desk there is. 
But then this guy, he's like, dude, he's like, we're by the we're by the men's room. We're by the kitchen. This is the greatest desk you could have in the office. But Dutch is sucking him off again. He's like, well, tell me about the serial killer guy and this and that. So the dude's talking to him. He reaches under his desk and he gets a paper bag and he walks to the cafe, the cafeteria or the break room or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> and he puts in a fucking like half gallon of milk into the refrigerator. And then he puts a note on there that says on the outside of the fridge, it says like, not yours. Don't eat it. And he puts it <laughs> on, on the outside of the fridge. But here's my question. How long was that fucking milk under his desk? <laughs> That is a very good question. I have no idea. Like, who just randomly, like, it's not like if you would have milk, uh, you would think you would immediately go put that away before you sat down and started telling people stories of yesteryear. I mean, I I could, I, I guess this is after they already went to that crime scene. So maybe he stopped at like a, you know, convenience store on the way home or on the way back from that, you know, crime scene and picked up the half gallon of milk and Still, chugged half of it. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Listen, it is Los Angeles. I'm guessing yeah. it's hot cold in the building. It's balmy. Yes, it's very balmy, I'm sure. But either way, like you put milk away immediately, and then you start fucking sucking your own dick off. <laughs> um, yeah, but Dutch wants to be partners with this guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe that'll happen. If it shakes out that way, whatever. <laughs> he's just trying to put him off. Uh, let's see. <laughs> My notes are so bad. Sometimes I'm looking <laughs> at the TV while I'm writing. Oh, I think I think about now is when uh, Aceveda is just like, oh, Vic's not off to a very good start. He starts complaining to Gilroy, and, and uh, he's like, well, you know, I was thinking of putting somebody on for the last open spot on the strike team. I wanted to put somebody who might be able to re- replace Vic if he doesn't work out. Uh, so he's uh, so, or uh, Gilroy's just kind of like, yeah, you know, like I don't really like that. Vic's Vic's real good. Trust me, he'll work out, but, you know, I guess put some candidates together, I'll look at it. And he he immediately just goes out of there and goes to tell Vic, like, rats out Aceveda. Just like, yeah, Aceveda's gunning for you, so you better, like, do something real quick. Yeah. Prove your worth. So we get a scene where Gannon sees Vic. Like, he comes into the room or whatever, and he's like, hey, Vic, you, you old fuck. And then he's like, you're an old fuck, and they're both old fucks. Yeah. Creaky old sack of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so he's like, well, why the fuck are you here? And, you know, like, we, we, we find out how how the precinct gets its name, Jank, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was actually a terrible line right there. It is, yeah. But, like, uh, uh, whatever his name is, Gannon, he's like, uh, oh, Gilroy wanted me to do a favor for him and come into this place and bring a little credibility to this old barn. And then Vic's like, I like that. Barn. (laughs) Barn, I like that. Yeah. He wasn't even calling it the barn. He's just referring to it as an old barn. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Because it's an old church. You know what else I like about this episode, too, is, like, you could tell that, like, they didn't put a lot of time in it because the piano is still, like, in Vic's headquarters. Like, there's, like, you know, yeah. stained glass in the corner. and There's a, a piano and just, like, you know, pews or, you know, there's just garbage all stacked around and they're just kind of sitting on whatever they can sit on. Oh, oh yeah, that was great. I like that when one scene Vic's just, like, playing with a hat rack. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushing it back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is where we get a Joe Clark reference. I don't remember what yeah. this is. Uh, I think he, like, uh, he just asked 
asks Vic if he's talked to Joe Clark, and Vic says, "Yo, yeah, he's enjoying retirement." And Gannon's like, "Oh yeah, look forward to mine." Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> Gannon and, and so Gannon he, he talks about how he's already yeah he's making fun of Dutch. <laughs> I love that. I love that Dutch like uh, he keeps calling Dutch different names every time. Yeah, at like one he point, knows it's Dutch, but he calls him like Butch and he calls him Fletch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely does. Um, <laughs> but we find out what happened with Dutch. Apparently, his wife was a drunk. And she went to AA, ended up banging her sponsor, and got pregnant with that dude's baby. Yeah. And that's why... <laughs> Left Dutch for that guy. Yeah. And, they, and Gannon and the strike team, they love it. They're cracking the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Gannon especially, like, Vic is actually like, he's like, oh, man, that's a hard time. Like, we should probably lay off of him. And Gannon's just like, no. He's like, yeah, fuck that dick. <laughs> Don't give me shit about he's, that guy. It's a windbag. Yeah. Like he's already spent most of his day hiding Dutch's chair on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Several does. times, I guess. Yeah, that does come up because that comes into play later on. But yeah, yeah. he does uh, every like a Jim and Dwight Gannon, thing going on already. This Gannon guy takes Dutch's chair and hides it someplace. That's <laughs> uh, pretty great. For no so other Gannon reason than just to be a dick to him. It's not even like he yeah. likes him and he's like he's ribbing him a little bit. Like, no, this guy's like he's all into me and shit. Fuck him. I'm just gonna fuck with this guy. Fuck him. It's like every house needs a room. And I guess you can just tell the Dutch is pathetic, so it's got to be him. Um, so Gannon and Claudette go to interview the suspect they, they have upstairs, and, and Gannon and Dutch is there, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, hey, Fletch, you just hang back. There's not enough oxygen in that room for three of us. We'll tell you <laughs> how it goes. You know, we'll let you know how it works out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they go in to interview a guy who – He's not really like a suspect. He's just this guy whose name keeps coming up, I guess. Uh, that everybody, you know, everybody says there's, there's a lot of kidnappings going on of Salvadorans uh, in this neighborhood, and this is the guy to contact if your family members get kidnapped, because he's like a go-between between like the kidnappers and the families of the people who've been kidnapped. He kind of negotiates and handles all that so that people get their their family members back safely, and the kidnappers get their money, and there's no, you know, just needless violence or anything like that. Yes, he's your kidnapping liaison. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> he would be your con- he'd be a concierge in uh, in Canada, but here in the United States, he's a liaison. <laughs> um, so, so they want to use him to roll on the kidnappers, but he's like, no, I can't do that. We have a you know strict liaison code of conduct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, I get a cut and all this kind of shit. Yeah. We also find out here that Vic. All those guys that they brought in, uh, Acevedo let them go, like including Rondell and all, all those dudes, because he Vic had sloppy paperwork. And and Acevedo, <laughs> like, he lays into Vic here, and Vic fucking takes it like a bitch. I know. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah. But Acevedo is a fucking douche here. Like, why oh. the fuck would you do that? Like, <laughs> He is dicky. Yeah, he is dicky. Especially, like, here's the thing. This all takes place on the first fucking day how yeah. long could they possibly have been in that cage for there's a lot <laughs> that happens in this one day that is true yeah yeah they've already been rounded up and processed yeah it can't be like what one o'clock <laughs> <laughs> it can't be that late in the day uh gilroy but i do that- like that the uh when they when they you know he goes to ask like hey what happened to my prisoners 
the guy that he asks is that guy, remember in the first season, who uh, quit? And we're yeah. just like, what the fuck was with that weird storyline? That was that guy. <laughs> that's that dude? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's fun. I like that they brought him back for this. That's cool. This fucking thing edits your text. Like, when you swear, I get asterisks. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I just saw yeah, I just noticed that. All right, anyway. Um, so Gilroy tells Vic, like, listen, Acevedo's not going anywhere, so you got to hurry the fuck up and get some arrest going because uh, nobody really wants you around, and I can't keep you in here if, if nobody mm-hmm. – everybody's up my ass to get you the fuck out of here, basically. So let's see. They strike team. They're trying to figure out how to get to Lionel. Vic tells Strike Team they may need to plant the evidence. And Lem, right off the bat, like, what? I ain't down with that. Yeah, but then they, they kind of – Vic breaks it down like it's the first day. They're already talking about making changes. Like, we got to do this just to get the pressure off. But, you know, as soon as we get this win under our belt, you know, we get we get a couple of good wins under our belt, and then the pressure will be off. We can go back to, uh, to doing things the right way once we've got a rep established. You know, they go dirty at first is just so the strike team can get a little bit of legitimacy and they're they can keep going at the department. They don't want the the yeah. they don't want to break up the group and they don't want somebody else coming in to lead the group. So they just want to get some credibility going and you know, we'll go back to just being, you know, badass cops. It's kind of all Acevedo's fault because he's the one who's just like, It's the first day, why haven't you solved the case yet? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. if you just give them some time to fucking do their police work, maybe they wouldn't have gone bad. Instead uh, of just immediately trying to toss him out on his ass. Yeah. Because they even mentioned, like, they uh, they briefly mentioned that they, I think Vice or somebody has been looking into to Lionel for fucking months now, and they have nothing on him. Like, they haven't been able to get, you know, get him on anything. So it's clear that, like, this is going to take more time than just, you know, one day. <laughs> but nope, got to have results first day. Well, Acevedo doesn't like Vic to begin with. He wanted his own guy. Yeah, it's all Because he said that, like he's like, yeah, I inherited all this fucking mess or all these people. He he makes reference to that at some point. Um, so they pick up Rondell. They're gonna bust him because he had three joints on him. <laughs> yeah, but they're just trying to turn him. That's all. Yeah. He's his, got, I think he's got a couple of strikes already, so anything they can throw at him is good, might really, uh, really hurt him. Yeah, they just want they they want to know where Lionel is. That's all. Um, but they decide they're going to intimidate him by taking that that wall that had the big lion spray painted on it and put their own ink on there. They're going to put a, a snake that's a strike team. Yeah, that that's so corny. <laughs> yeah. Because it, that snake never really comes up again. Oh, uh, it kind of does. That is the logo on their. Remember that business card that they have? Yeah. Like that is the that snake is on their business card. Oh, it is. Okay. All right. Yeah, like the one that got stabbed to that pig when. Uh, yeah. Armadillo was doing that shit. Yeah. So. It is on there. What was that dude's name? Uh. The comic book store guy. We like oh, that Tio. guy. Oh yeah, Tio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy was. Yeah. Cool. All right. So. Yeah. We get a we get a storyline with Danny and Julian where a dude robs the grocery store and but it turns out the guy upstairs is stealing everybody's food stamps. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, there's not really a lot, lot to talk about there. It's not no, that interesting. It's so fucking stupid. Shane and Vic <laughs> are now convincing Connie to plant crack in Lionel's house. Mm-hmm. She, they want her to stick this big block of crack into his bathroom somewhere. And Connie's yeah. like, all right, I'll do it. Because apparently, like, they were going to plan it. They wanted to plan it in his house, but it's never empty. Like, they mentioned that somehow there's all these girls just coming day and night. I guess they must have gotten that from Vice, because Ronnie seems to be saying that, but it's his first day. Yeah. How would he know that? He didn't have time to surveil the place for weeks on end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Connie starts banging this Lionel guy. Uh, Shane and uh, Vic, they're listening in and shit. But then, like, it, it goes bad because he starts beating the fuck out of her. Yeah. She takes And they told like, her. Vic like, is not guy. having any of this. Like, he hates it from the get-go. And yeah. you can clearly tell, like, this guy's putting it up her butt. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vic's even weirded, more weirded out about that. And then once he starts beating her, he's just like, I'm going in. <laughs> See, I never, I didn't pick up on any butt thing going on. But, all right, I wasn't listening as intently, apparently. But um, well, she says, like, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and put my diaphragm in. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to hit that. Oh, well, I thought he said I'm not gonna go raw. I thought he just meant I'm gonna I'm putting a rubber on because I don't trust you. I thought that's <laughs> I, that's the reference I got. I'm, I'm wearing. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, but anyways, uh, so they tell her, listen, hey, if you're in trouble, Gringo, say Gringo, we'll be right there. But she never says Gringo. She just takes it. Yeah. She plants that crack. She's a trooper. We don't see any of this going on. It's all through, like, the microphone in the car or whatever, but she mm-hmm. takes it all. So, meanwhile, we get Gannon telling Aceveda what's going on, and they don't know how to approach this whole thing. So, Gannon wants to go and get, like, a witness with mug shots and shit, but Claudette and Dutch are like, hey, we should just let's do our own fucking thing and see what happens. Yeah. So they, I think Gannon wanted to, uh, didn't he want to just throw the guy that, the go-between guy in jail and he thought like maybe he'll you know a couple nights in jail will change his mind yeah it was something but then he says i got a witness coming in and she's gonna look at mug shots and all that oh yeah i think the family of the kidnap victim is gonna come in and look at mug shots too yeah okay uh that's got like a more, more direct route where she's just gonna appeal to this uh negotiator guy's sense of honor and be like, well, I, I see how the people are being, or I see how you're being honorable, but how are the kidnappers being honorable in this situation? Um, which I don't know that that makes a lot of sense because <laughs> the family never did pay the money. No. <laughs> yeah. Cause they said something about that. They might come back after this, this girl again. Yeah. Um, we get a scene now where Aceveda talking to Terry. Uh Oh, Oh, <laughs> now this scene's so great it is great um the thing that's weird to me in this scene is when you watch episode one i got the impression that Aceveda didn't really know terry um like when they're in the yes. park you yes. know when they're in the park it's almost like okay i i get it but like you know it, i don't know it just seemed weird but like you know they, they met in his office for you know they, they almost seemed like like they were getting buddy buddy yeah, I think, I mean, it did seem like they definitely knew each other, but they were a lot more at odds, I think, in that first episode. Like, it was definitely a little bit more tense, whereas this one, they're like best friends. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that was just, you know, something that happened over time. But yeah, it sure seemed 
different. The relationship definitely did change a little bit, it seemed like. And Terry looks a little different than he did in that first episode. I get it. He's supposed to, but, like, his head looks weird. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> he had a thinner head. I don't know. But anyways, yeah. he wants Terry to join the, sh- the strike team. Like, because he's like, listen, even if, like, you know, like, there's a chance that Vic's not going to work out and we're going to put you in charge. And even if, even if. Vic does work out like it's still a great job. Like you should, you should take this. It's a win-win for you, man. Yeah, that's the best line. It's yeah. a win-win for you. Yeah. It definitely. <laughs> no yeah. way can this possibly work out where you don't win. Yeah. <laughs> so months later, dead. All of a sudden, now Rondell wants to deal. Huh? That's weird. I wonder what happened there. <laughs> I think like- they. Basically, start leaning on him. They were like, uh, you know, I think think uh, Lionel got sloppy. You ever get sloppy? So they basically know if he doesn't go along with it, they're gonna plant something on him too. Yeah. So uh, we get a scene where we're at Lionel's house. Everybody's there. Vic's there. Uh, Claudette, Acevedo, Julian, Dan. You know, it, it, there's cops all over. They're just they're all over the place. And Julian finds the drugs because yeah. Vic made it clear to the strike team, we can't find these drugs, obviously. we got to have somebody else find them. So mm-hmm. put them someplace where they can find them, but we don't have anything to do with it. So, you know, Julian finds the uh, – he finds the drugs, and that dude's like, hey, man, you guys planted those. That ain't my drugs. But then Lem finds the gun, and Vic's all like, oh, is that, we plant that too? The one that killed that hooker? We plant that gun? Yeah. Mystic's going to tell us that this matches, so you're fucked now. He's like, oops. So <laughs> now Acevedo's pleased. You know what's weird is uh, that they, you know, they flipped Rondell to uh, to basically go to Acevedo and say, you know, hey, yeah, Ron, or, uh, Lionel's got drugs at his crib. You know, he was basically tipping them to this whole thing. But then after Terry dies, like, remember Acevedo was interrogating Shane, and he was like, do you know a drug dealer named Rondell Robinson? Like, Everyone knows he knows them at that point. <laughs> oh, that is a good point, yeah. Yeah, Acevedo definitely knows that they've met Rondell Robinson before. Yeah, that's true. Huh. But maybe, like, maybe, you know what I'm saying, He he's such a small part in this, in this episode where, like, he's not going to remember a drug dealer from 14 months ago that didn't really do anything. <laughs> There's been 657 guys in there since. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't know how long from – the 14 months until the show actually started. Well, it has to be 14 months because no, I think 14 months is from basically the end of episode eight. So all of season one and up to now in season two is included somewhere in that 14 months. You think? I think so. Because at the end of this episode, we find like, we have Aceveda coming down and like bringing, uh, you know, Terry into the into the you know the strike team room like they did it you know in episode one like this is Terry he's gonna be with you for a while mm-hmm. so I'd assume that's where that that's where the show picks up that's where episode one starts is that moment in time and everything before that is fourteen months that we've seen right no, now no because. That's that scene that they where uh, Vic brings Terry in. That was in a flashback. Remember when, uh, like, basically, I think when Vic was, you know, 
pushing those weights up and down in episode two, and he was having like a weird flashback about how they first met Terry. Okay. So, so that was definitely some time before the first episode. I am so confused now. We got to quantum leap this shit because now I, I don't know what the hell's going on. So that was probably, you know, that flashback probably happened some number of weeks before episode one. Um, okay, so I, you're saying that scene at the very end where Terry and Vic, you see it from the outside. Vic brings him into the squad room like, hey, guys, this is Terry. And the door shuts. Yep. You're saying that's a flashback in a flashback episode? That's like an inception. Well, no, no, it's not a flashback in this episode. But that when they first showed that, that was a flashback in in episode two. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. that didn't actually happen. We just we see that through a flash. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got. But you. When it says 14 months earlier, I think they mean from. The time point in the timeline we are now. I got it. okay. Yeah, yes, I agree with that. If you're watching, you you watch episode two, you know, or season two, episode eight, and then you you see 14 months earlier, you know, it's 14 months before that. Okay. So the question is, I guess, how long between the first day that we're showing here and uh-huh. episode one of the show? Oh, that yes. part I don't know. Huh. That's a good question. All right. So it's not that it's not that complicated. I'm just very dumb. <laughs> All right, I got you there. I, I think we got we got there. I got <laughs> so, um, so Acevedo is so happy with Vic right now. He's like, "There's a press conference. I'm gonna do most of the talking, but you gotta be there, buddy. We're the best team." You know, he's not well. He's not that enthusiastic, but he, no. he's <laughs> he, he he's got a, he's, he is happy that you know they got the the arrest and they, you know put some legitimacy on this on this new satellite department and shit. Um, Claudette then comes to Vic. She needs backup on a bust. Yeah. So they go to bust these dudes in the alley, the kidnapping guys, and one of them takes off and Vic chases them and, uh, kind of runs him over a little bit of barbed wire. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like that everyone's giving him shitty looks and like even Aceveda makes a comment about it later. Like what the fuck else was he supposed to do here? Yeah. The, the guy was running. He, there was a, basically a, a, you know, a chain link fence that had some barbed wire and it was kind of up off the ground a little bit. So the guy decided to dive and try to crawl under. So Vic pulled him back through it. <laughs> like, yeah, what are you dude. supposed to do in that situation? Just let him run and be like, I hope, hope we catch him later. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't get that either. But, yeah, he he did look like Freddy Krueger hit him real quick, like a real quick uh, He did. He but looked like Freddy Krueger with, like, using just each of the different points of his hand because they were all in random places. Yeah. Like, not in a big slash, but a bunch of dots. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Toy, but there's a scene where Richard Pryor, he, he, him and the kid are fishing, and the kid tells him, listen, man, there's piranhas in here. And he's like, there's no fucking piranhas around here. Well, he goes in, there's piranhas. And he runs out of there, and his clothes look exactly like that guy's clothes. There's just little <laughs> holes everywhere. I it, swear to God, I, they were probably paying homage to that, like a little wink, wink. I guarantee whoever wrote this show or or maybe Peter Horton is a big fan of the toy and just did it for a joke. I don't know. They should have added that in, like Vic Mackey coming back being like, he got bit by piranhas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> Trying to explain it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so 
anyways, they, they bring they bring the dudes in. We see Gannon. He's still sitting at the desk looking through mug shots with this girl. <laughs> Meanwhile, they already got the people in the cage and shit. So, yeah. you know, he, he, he's, you know, he's old. He's slowing down. And then uh, the bathroom's out of order. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is where this is day one. That men's room was just broken. Yeah. Um, uh, but I guess we should say that, uh, you know, Gannon's kind of hurt that they didn't tell him. And uh, Aceveda comes along. But Claudette, you know, includes him, even though really he had nothing to do with this case. But she kind of lets him have some of the credit. Uh, and Dutch is like, well, he didn't have to do that. And you can tell, like, Claudette is just like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not here for the credit. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, and then what else do we got here? We see that, oh, Danny and Julian are bickering already. I don't know what exactly <laughs> yeah, they were bickering about, but they were bickering. Was this the one about going to church? Oh, no, this was uh, this was where, because Julian was trying to help the food stamp guy, the guy who got his food stamp stolen. Oh. He was trying to tell him, like, oh, there's, you know, there's places you could do without having to you know, resort to robbery and shit like that. And she's like, oh, you can't help people. Like, that's not what we're here for. <laughs> it's like all right she's like you can't get emotionally involved with every crook he's like, well, I, was just, I was just gonna ask my pastor if, if he knew of anybody that was hiring he needs a job yeah like, fuck you trying to help somebody you dick <laughs> that's not what this job's about it's about beatdowns yeah it's about beatdowns uh also Vic <laughs> steals dutch's chair and takes it into the strike team room and <laughs> yeah yeah and that's about the end of this episode oh um, Oh, well, there's a couple of things I guess we didn't touch on. Um, when uh, Danny and Julian are having their, their fight in the locker room, and uh, then Lem comes in, drops nope. his towel, and you see Julian just staring at his butt. Being like, yeah? Oh, yeah, and then feeling bad about it. <laughs> yeah, he looks away, but I didn't look away. <laughs> no. I kept looking. I stared at it, even though it was the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Lem's in good shape. I mean, what the fuck, man? I'll look. I don't care. <laughs> uh, and Dutch kind of asks Claudette at this point. He's like, yeah, I guess he sees the writing on the wall for Gannon. And it's just like, hey, would you mind if I ask, you know, Aceveda for us to be partners? And she's like, yeah, you know, that's cool. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> but she just kind of like, I don't know. She's like, just does it as a, I don't give a fuck. At I wouldn't mind. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's the birth of their beautiful partnership. Yeah. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, the episode ends with Vic kind of leading Terry into the uh, the strike team room. And there's the same dialogue where, you know, pretty boys and robbery and shit like that. You kind of hear that from behind the door. So yeah, I like that they, they went back to that same intro scene and kept that as, as good as they could. All right. So continuity on that one. I definitely don't hate it. I, I I give it a seven out of ten. Like it's not horrible. Yeah. It, it could have been a little more exciting, but I mean, I like I said earlier, I like the concept of it. Yeah, that's very fair. I think it's it's very good to see, especially since you kind of find out how the strike team got to be the way they were. Like they it started out, and it's just like, well, we just got to do this for a little bit just to get ourselves some credibility, and then they just couldn't stop because it just worked. <laughs> Like, this is too fucking easy to do it this way. Why would we ever stop? And you can see how it gets out of hand and how, you know, people who once upon a time did have morals and ethics kind of just gradually lost them. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I did forget to mention that scene. That scene's pretty important with Shane. Yeah. 
where they were like, this was so easy to do. We could, <laughs> what could, what else could we do? Yeah, like, a little this, too easy. Yeah, it was way too easy. <laughs> Look, there's Raph. A, a little too Raph. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so seven out of ten, Jank. Uh, what That's else do you got? Awarding it. We got to award this episode. Yeah, let's do the best quotes. Uh, I didn't have a terrible amount of them. I think we touched on some of them. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What do I got? And well, I mean, early on when uh, uh, you know, when we meet Lem and Ronnie, and then Lem's like, who the, who let this mustache guy in or whatever? And yeah, who Ronnie's let the like, guy with the mustache in? He's like, ladies love the stash, but I don't know. <laughs> um, that that's a good line. Yep, that's uh, pretty good. Here's another good line. Yeah, Earlier on, uh, when they first, uh, when, when uh, the strike team shows up and, and Ringo's sitting on the street and he gets shot in the arm, Shane <laughs> says, what, your parents didn't like you enough to name you after John or Paul? <laughs> so that was good yep, that was pretty good. Uh, I like when, uh, when Gannon is in there with the strike team and Claudette comes in and uh, she's just very serious and he's like, all business. She'll never last around here. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's just pretty good, knowing where this series goes. I love Claudette. Yeah, she's pretty great. <laughs> I love Claudette. Yeah, she's a great that, character. That's the cop I would want. Like, uh, you know, that's the cop I would want. She's Yeah, she's probably the smartest and most resourceful. And, most level-headed. Not going to cut corners. I definitely, like had a love-hate relationship with her most of the times I watched the show because I just want Vic to get away with everything. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, she is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, most of the quotes we brought, like, Fletch, you hang back, we'll tell you how it goes. That was a good quote. Uh, oh, I like it when uh, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get Lionel, and uh, they're like, well, it might take a couple of weeks, <laughs> but we'll get him. And it's just like, so we can Keep at him. We hit him long enough, hard enough. He'll get the message. And Shane goes, oh, so you're an expert in, in making guys long and hard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, there's another. there was another good uh, line in that scene. Where the, I wrote it down. Hold on. Because, um, yeah, because he says something about – oh, Shane says like – and then he says in that scene too, he goes, while he's sitting there thinking, he's like, yeah, if we keep bringing guys in on piddly shit, Captain – ass is gonna kick him you know it was just the way he says captain <laughs> ass like uh, he's like deep and fuck captain ass that was a good one i loved him like i think it was episode one or two where they called him captain ass invader <laughs> that's such yeah. a good name <laughs> I, I never picked up on that oh god yeah, I think that's all I got. Like the the other quote I really like. Uh, oh, oh, here. <laughs> so the, the other good quote is, you know, early in the scene when we first meet Dutch, he shows up. Uh, it's nine o'clock. You know, he's supposed to be there at seven or whatever. Austin Vader's like, you know, you know, we start at seven around here. So he's like, uh, he's like, any desk left around here? And there's like one desk left. And he's like, is this the only desk around here? And then Austin Vader's like, there was at seven. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so they like, mentioned something about like oh Gannon I hear he's great yeah he's punctual yes <laughs> yeah, he says that too yeah but yeah <laughs> when they first when Dutch and Claudette first meet and when Dutch says I haven't heard of you and then she's like why would you 
<laughs> it was just awesome. Yeah. I was I, like, I, I like to keep up on my colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, a that's, nerd. That's creepy. I like uh like like I'm just like callous Gannon is when he walks in like the strike team room he's just like ah some illegal got gang banged victims are more concerned with mommy and daddy's ins status than catching the guys that spooned her. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of like uh you know there's a lot of racial tension on this show or whatever. <laughs> they Rick were, busted they out his weird with that dish right yeah. now. Vic was doing his weird black guy voice in the car again. Remember yeah. Like, this is a mobile unit. Yeah, he did it again. Yeah. I'm really surprised like FX hasn't pulled this show off because as soon as the fucking as soon as the cancel culture gets a hold of this man, it's, they're done. Luckily, yeah. they're all like you know 17, 18 year old kids. So you know the shield's not exactly high on the radar right now. They'll do it at some point. <laughs> Luckily, it's it's kind of remained forgotten. So maybe our our podcast hopefully doesn't get be too popular or else it'll be the end of the show we're safe <laughs> we're very safe yeah all right that's true all right so what's all right next? well next up we got the best guest star which i felt like we needed to gussy up the title of this uh you know we got names for some of them like the vendrell cup and the dumpy award so i figured we'd name this after you know probably the greatest recipient and name it officially renamed this award the Kristen bell best guest star award oh okay I thought you were going to call this the Tulips Award. Oh, ooh, that would be good too. Because I think. But she, I figure now we could give we could like give all the award winners an actual like bell, like one of those bells you ring to get your butler. Oh. And it could be like have a carving of uh, Kristen Bell as the handle. Oh yes, I need a carving. <laughs> by the way. Yeah. All right. Well, so we'll have uncomfortable this, splinters that way. We're calling this the Kristen Bell Award. Yeah, the Kristen Bell Best Guest Star Award. All right. Um, this one's hard. I went, I went with Rondell just because, you know, hey, Rondell's back. <laughs> just because you missed him. Yeah, I did miss him. Yeah, I did miss him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Not a bad choice at all. He, he was a Power Ranger, for God's sakes. Oh, that's right. I always forget that. <laughs> Screw you. Who do you got? I went with Ray Baker, uh, who played Detective Gannon. Oh, <laughs> I love Gannon. He was great. See, he was I hate breath of fresh air. I hate Gannon. He is my boring guy this week. Oh no. Yeah, I could I couldn't stand that dude. I was like, oh, this guy's the worst. <laughs> I liked him. He was right. a douche, but he was a funny douche. Um, <laughs> I loved the whole Butch and Fletch and all that stuff. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Back All right. Uh, so MVP of the episode. Well, <laughs> I went with Lionel beating <laughs> the fuck out of Connie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Talking about people that are going to be canceled. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just hate that character so much. So anytime she gets I'm happy. <laughs> Once again, the character, not the actress, not that, not that lady. I'm sure she's very nice, but Connie the Hooker needs beat, and she got beat. She did. She sure did. Because as soon as she comes out, like she's stumbling, and Vic's hugging her, and she's like, "I need drugs." And it's like, "Oh, geez. I need a, I need school." <laughs> I would probably need a lot of drugs if I got beat that bad. I too. hear you, but I, you know, she's a crack whore. <laughs> that comes with the job. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wish Norm McDonald was a cop on this show. I hear ya. <laughs> that would be amazing. So many good Norm jokes there with crack. You can just come in talking about crack horse. Yeah. Yeah. I also have down on my MVP line. I wrote Connie, but then I don't know why. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're really giving it to her and taking it from her on one. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, she does step the fuck up in this episode. Yeah, that's true. She does. She does she is off the street. Yeah. She gives a lot of information and then she fucking plants evidence. Like that is true. She's doing double duty in this episode. There's Brian. <laughs> All right. I went with uh, with Vic on this one. Uh, um, he got two, you know, big collars. They, uh, Acevedo gives him a lot of credit by the end, even though he was off to a slow start, supposedly, in the one day that they were here. He ends up getting these two, you know, big collars under his belt, so uh, it's pretty impressive, even if he did have to break the rules to do so. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Makes sense. Um, so let's see. Next up, we got the Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck-up of the episode. Uh, see, I went with I went with Gannon again. Not that this one was hard. There's not too much fuck up in this, but I don't know. He just went about it wrong, and Claudette and Dutch got got the dudes off the street much much mm-hmm. quicker went their way. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I went with Dutch. Um, uh, probably, like like we mentioned, it's probably not his fault, but he was late the first day, so he fucked up there. Um, he just immediately suckles up to Gannon, <laughs> just, you know, for the prestige of his career rather than the quality. Uh, so he, he chose poorly there. Um, we get the whole story about his wife, where clearly he fucked up. All right. But, well, <laughs> but let's put it in this terms. Okay. Let's say Kevin Jank is an aspiring comic book artist, and he shows up to work at a building. And in the building is... Uh, a good, solid artist, good, hard person, you know, or John Romita Jr. Mm. Who is new on the job Kevin Jank and I go hang out with? You make a good point. Unless John Romita <laughs> Jr. is dead, then otherwise... <laughs> no, he's very much alive. There you go. I, that was the, um, I, only know, I only know two names, John Romita Jr. and John, John Romita Sr. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Todd McFarlane, and that's it. All right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Got a top three. So that's I I I'll give Dutch a pass for that because he like okay. oh this guy he's a he's a legend in in my field. I, I definitely want to pick his brain. I don't know this lady. Well, here was my other contender. Maybe this will be the one for me to go with then. Uh, it was Aceveda for a not telling Dutch what time to be there. Yeah, <laughs> clearly he dropped the ball there. And hiring Terry. <laughs> Yeah, Clearly that didn't work out. Yeah, and he's kind of dicky, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. dicky. He's, he's really dicky. rubbing people the wrong way right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat, he's just kind of an asshole. Mhm. But I love him though. I love Aceveda. <laughs> I do love that guy. I don't know why. Just because you want to bang his wife. Oh yeah. Why do you get to see their backstory and how they met and? Her on the wedding night. I'm just saying that we should see it all. There's no. She problem. was in AA. He was her sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> she used to be married to Dutch. <laughs> Makes it a pretty awkward work environment. Yeah, very awkward. <laughs> all right. 
All right. And we have just got... Nope, we just got one more award, the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I was giving this to the fact that I... I don't know that the timeline makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, even though we kind of hashed it out, okay, let's say... Cause the, the weird thing is, Julian seemed like he was brand spanking new when the yes. show first started. Like, that was his first day on the job. Yeah, practice. I hear you. Yep. So, so if they've been at this for weeks or months before that, and Julian was still on the job, then that's really weird. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, remember Danny was even, like, rule number one. Like, how is she teaching you rule number one after you've been there for, like, three months? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but, you know, I was confused on the timeline anyways, as we discussed earlier on in this episode. But, yeah, the timeline doesn't necessarily make sense. Especially, I mean, if uh, there has to be a good amount of time there because – you know, Terry was the new guy, so they would have had to have been doing it for, you know, a while without him before he showed up for him to actually be new. If he just shows up on, like, day three, then he's not much of a new guy. Yeah, they're <laughs> all... like you've established much, yeah, trust with those Vic's new guys. The new guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they must have been at it for a couple of weeks or months. So, yeah, I feel like the timeline is all fucked up. <laughs> I mean, they had to, yeah... For those four to be that deep into fucking shenanigans and stuff, they've had mm-hmm. to be at it for a while. You don't make that many connections and get that deeply rooted into, you know, some shady business in, you know, that's not two weeks. Yep. There's Agreed. No <laughs> Which means Julian should have learned a lot more by the time the show started. Yeah. Yeah. He so learned how to They probably should have not had Julian in this episode and just had Danny doing something else. That would make more sense, yes. Yeah. Maybe he was contractually obligated to be in the episode or something. I don't know. <laughs> or he could have walked in on the last scene or something. Like, I'd like to apply or whatever, whatever. Yeah, something like that. Or show him in Police Academy in, like, his last day, days or something. Yeah, yes. Like, he's a new recruit. Hey, he'll be joining us next month. All right, great. And Michael um, Winslow's there making sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I love That'd be pretty great. I love those movies. All right, so. All right, well, we're on to season two, episode 10, Coyotes. Ow! Uh, <laughs> original air date, 3-11, March 11, uh, 2003. Directed by Davis Guggenheim, who oh, never wow. heard of him. He's never directed. Oh, wow. uh, he only directed, I think, this episode of The Shield. He directed a couple NYPD Blues. He directed four episodes of Deadwood, which I never watched. But I think what he's most famous for is he directed An Inconvenient Truth, that Al Gore documentary about oh, wow. climate change. Is that what that's about? I never watched it. Yeah, I think so. All right. There you go. Well, that's what he, that's what he directed, that guy, Davis huh. Guggenheim. Oh, that sounds like this was more intense. entertaining than that. That is like if you were gonna like, oh, who 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 who's the members at the at the country club? Well, Davis Guggenheim, of course, will be there. You know, that exactly kind of pretentious yep. this whole name right there. <laughs> this one was uh was written by Reed Steiner, who I don't remember hearing that name very often, so I wonder if he was a short term writer. Or maybe we'll see him pop up more, but that doesn't sound very familiar. Reed? Yeah, Reed Steiner. Maybe maybe he's related. Maybe he's the third Steiner brother. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 
Scott, Scott <laughs> Steiner, Rick Steiner. They're, they're wrestlers. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the civilian bitch Laney, her report somehow got leaked to the newspapers, Jank. Uh-oh. That the Farmington Police Department is failing. They suck. Everything's bad. Aceveda sucks. Strike teams up to shady bullshit. Something about Dutch. Yeah, I guess we should mention that we are back to the normal timeline now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no more flashbacks. This is uh, back to regular time. Yep. Um. So yeah, we're back to regular old time. Uh. So <laughs> we get we get a good scene with Vic and Claudette where they kind of have a stare down and you know talking about <laughs> the newspaper and shit. We'll talk about that later on. Okay. Um. So Vic Vic's wife calls him and um. Gilroy had called, and he's on his way to Vic's house. <laughs> yep, which should not be happening. Yeah, uh, apparently he's out on house arrest. Yeah, he's on house arrest, essentially, awaiting yeah, trial. Bail. Yeah, he's out on bail on house arrest, but he's on his way over to Vic's. So Vic starts flying and uh, home. Danny goes to uh, Claudette and's like, listen, I, I didn't fuck up with that knife. And then Claudette's, you know, she lets a little information slip. Well, you know, it might have been a cop that slipped that knife or whatever. Yeah. What? And like Claudette's like, oh, I, should, I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have said anything. I feel like Claudette's been doing that more and more recently where she says and then it's like, oh, I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Yeah, because she, you know, she meant to say it. <laughs> oh, she definitely meant to say it. Um, so Vic gets home and Gilroy's there and he gets him, you know, away from the house and shit. And Gilroy tells Vic that the DA wants Gilroy to give Vic up. Mm-hmm. So he tells Vic, like, listen, you either get me across the border into into Mexico or I'm going to give you up. Yeah. He's was, like, I can't go to prison. There's yeah. all the dementors there. Yeah. And I, so. I hate gruel omelets. <laughs> gruel omelets. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is where we get the theme song, 550, Jank. Ba, 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 ba. So, Shane and Vic take uh, Gilroy over to I, – I, this is Vic's apartment. I didn't – I couldn't tell at first. I'm like, where the fuck are they? I so, I just had a question. I think it's been a while since we saw it during the daytime. Yes. Yeah, because I didn't – very uh, dark because he's banging Emma in there. Emma. Uh, is this the – yeah, she's in this episode. Like, she's in the shower, but we never see her. Yeah. She just says – can you get me a towel? I think that's her only line. Yeah. So they Gilroy tells him, listen, I need passports. I need papers to get into Mexico. I need my money. I got a safety deposit box. I got about 75000 in there. We find out that Sedona girl took all his money and took off with it. Because Vic's <laughs> like, is that all you got? And he's like, yeah, Sedona took the rest and left. So <laughs> Which, why wouldn't you? I mean, Gilroy's going to jail. What's he going to do with it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was nice of her to leave him 75K. <laughs> yeah. I wonder um, if he had that somewhere else. Like, that was some other, you know, account he had or something on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he probably did. Um, <laughs> civilian bitch tells Aceveda that someone stole her report, and Aceveda's pissed as fuck. Yeah. He's like, who the fuck took it, you know? And she's like, I know it doesn't make you look good, but hey, listen, everything in there is basically the truth. Sorry I didn't <laughs> yeah. it for you and shit, but it, it's all true stuff. I didn't leak it, but it's true. <laughs> you know what? 
<laughs> I got to read you this line that it just said on the uh, the old uh, transcript here. All right. <laughs> Sevillian beach towels oscillated, but someone stole her report in oscillators. Piston Spock. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now I can I can read back what you just read off. We could do this forever. It's like holding the mirror up to a mirror. Um, it is good. Um, so Vic tells the strike team they're getting a new guy. Yep. They tell they Ron. Agreed on somebody. Where's they Ronnie? What happened with Ronnie? There's no Ronnie here. Yeah, he's still recovering, I guess, from the whole face incident. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about the face tag. I forgot he got his face burned. Yeah. Right, never mind. Yeah, he's probably going to leave or whatever. IR. He's got to heal up a little bit before he comes back. So, new guy shows up. His name's Tavon. Mm-hmm. And, they want, and Vic wants him to work with Lamb on some kind of car sting. They're going to bust this guy who's jacking cars and shit. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, Jank. <laughs> I don't ever remember this dude being on this show. And when I looked, <laughs> when I looked him up and stuff, he's on like 11 episodes. A number of episodes, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> this guy's on 11 episodes? I wouldn't, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup of one. If you said, oh, here's a lineup of one, which guy did they put on the strike team? I would have said never put anybody else on the strike team. I don't remember this. <laughs> wow, I can't believe that because the way he uh, leaves the show is pretty memorable. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Good. Well, that's not going to be this season. <laughs> no. Nope, not this season. <laughs> um. So, Claudette and Dutch. Good stuff coming up, then. Yeah. It'll be a surprise all over again. Yeah, I don't remember this dude at all. Uh, so, Claudette and Dutch show up. Um, or They're in a robbery homicide case, and Dutch is whining about his arrests, you know, he's trying to compile a list of all of his wins so that he doesn't get fired. Be like, look at all these cases I sell. (laughs) And he's like pleading to Julian and Julian's just kind of like shrugging his shoulders. Like what what the fuck do you want me to do to about it? You know? Um, but yeah, there's a woman dead on the floor, uh, head bloody. Yeah. And so there's an old lady. They, there's signs of some kind of a break in. They think maybe the burglar killed her or something like that, but, uh, they find out soon afterwards that it wasn't wasn't that it was just a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, but Claudette's not totally satisfied with that answer. No, which leads to a good scene. Uh, Danny and Julian break up a f- street fight. They they arrest this pregnant girl. Yeah. That's a good quote. We'll <laughs> like street fight with this other girl. They both have like blades on them and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Gilmore is not at Vic's. They show up. Vic and Shane show back up. Uh, he's not there. He's at the bar. <laughs> of course he is. They got Quasi with him at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Armadillo's uh, ID guy, Quasi. Yeah, they pick up Quasi. And he goes and – no, they take him somewhere, right? And where does he go? Like a Western Union or where does he go? Um – I'm not sure, I guess. And then he comes out, like, thumbs up in, and they're all, like, trying to, like, not look at him and shit. Yeah, he had some kind of a bag. I'm guessing maybe that was, um, he was getting Gilroy's money, maybe? Because I think Gilroy said he had it in, like, a safe safe deposit. 
deposit box. Maybe they have safe deposit boxes there, and they sent him in to go get Gilroy's money out of there. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. All right. I think that's what happened. That would make sense. Okay, so anyways, he's at the bar. He's fucking, he's a mess and shit. He's drunk as fuck, and Vic and Shane get him the fuck out of there. Uh, Lem and Tavon. <laughs> I love drunk Gilroy. He's great. Oh, he's real great. <laughs> he's also the kind of guy that, like, you know, at some point he's going to swing. Yep. <laughs> Good mood or not, he's going to take a swing at somebody somewhere. Uh, you Lem know how t- long it's been since I had alcohol? Fifteen <laughs> <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah that's a good line uh lem and that Tavon guy are interviewing uh some dude i don't even know but Tavon kicks him right off the fucking chair <laughs> yeah. lem's like you gotta calm the fuck down yeah, that was really out of nowhere like it was like, <laughs> yeah like usually there's a reason and like, okay, in the last episode, that guy spit on Lem. I get why he's like flipping the fuck out. This guy just like they're having a calm interview, and uh, he just decides to kick him. It is like, all right. It is the least aggressive kick I've ever seen. Like, it's just like I don't buy this Tavon guy right off the bat. I don't know. Yeah. He's like, I heard you he's guys very differently here, and Lem's like, yeah, you heard wrong. <laughs> we don't just randomly kick furniture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes from like zero to sixty real quick. All right, so okay, so we're back at Vic's. Quasi's fucking around with the IDs. Vic gets a call that the the sting with the car thing's about to go down. Um, Claudette's back at that heart attack lady house because she doesn't want to believe that lady had a heart attack. She wants to believe she was murdered. <laughs> but what she's really doing is looking into her own future here. Mm-hmm. because this lady has like daughters who I guess don't want anything to do with the lady. And we find out earlier that like, cause Dutch says, Hey, how are your daughters doing? And he's like, that's a good question. That's what she's, she said. Like, that's a good question. So we get the effect that she's not talking to her kids. She's kind of alone. And she realizes like, this is going to be my future. I'm just going to one day just drop that in my own house by myself. Cause I got nothing going on. Yeah. She's feeling her mortality and her age. I think a lot at this point. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, here, here's a good, like, here's a good quote is like, so Aceveda, like Vic gets back to, to the station, you know, after dealing with like Gilroy's bullshit and then Vic's mm-hmm. like, he sees Aceveda and he's like, Hey, uh, I've been looking all over for you. And then also, yeah, okay. Nice try. You know, like <laughs> that old routine we're like, yeah, I've been here all day. I have, I can't, I couldn't find you at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, <laughs> love that. Um, hold on, I'm taking a drink. My mouth is. Oh, sore. I think this. Uh, I'm forgetting why they were talking. I guess he was just kind of asking how's Tavon doing, and uh, Vic's just like, yeah, he seems to be trying hard, even though he spent like no time with. <laughs> yeah, he barely Tavon the whole day. He doesn't even know who the fuck he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Aceveda starts giving Claudette the business because. Claudette's still working on this heart attack, heart attack lady case, and uh, Aceveda wants her to move on to a priority case, and she flips the fuck out in front of everybody at the station and calls him right the fuck out. <laughs> she really does. Yeah. It, yep. It, like, everyone it, here is worried about their jobs, and you, 
you're not doing anything. Like, she knows that he's more worried about his campaign than their, like, safety and priority, you know, the jobs of all these people. Yeah. So uh, she's like, you should have done something about this, you know, long time ago. And, like, she also says, like, he's like, move on to a real case. And she's like, I'm on a real case. If you would just <laughs> stay out of my business, I might be able to get something done around here. <laughs> so she flips the fuck out. So she goes into the bathroom. The civilian bitch comes in. She wants to. What? Uh, Claudette says something. Oh my! She's like, she's like, hey, are you okay, Claudette? And she's like, why am I being graded? <laughs> that was a good line. Um, yeah. And Lainey kind of lets in, like, oh, or she says something that makes Claudette think, like, oh shit, like, so some of us are gonna get swept away, huh? And she's like, yeah, but maybe you can help me do the sweep and. <laughs> Help me push the broom in the right direction. And then, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, maybe. So we'll see. Uh, Vic and Shane, they, they pull over Coyote Jack. <laughs> That's a terrible name for a coyote. A terrible name. <laughs> Could have tried a little harder on that one. Yeah. Um, so they want Coyote Jack to take Gilroy back across the border into Mexico. And he's like, I don't, I don't take people back. I'm like, oh, you're going to take him back. Which was weird. Like, I've got to figure that kind of thing has happened before. Like, yes. people are always trying to flee to Mexico to get away from the authorities. You would think. <laughs> um, Dutch shows up to Claudette's crime scene. I guess he's, you know, he's like, all right, I, you know, I solved the case. That yeah, I'll- he got sent to another case. Yeah, so he, he wrapped that one up real quick. And then he's like, you know, hey, I could have went back and filed a report on that case, but I came here first. Yeah, she's like, oh, thanks for coming. Uh, can you help look in the kitchen? Like, th- th- right there, there's a rapport. Right there, bam. Yeah. Bam. He had her back. He could have just let her go and do her own thing. But no, no, no. We're partners. I, I, You know, I got done. I didn't need you on the other thing. Now I'm going to help you do your thing. Yeah, it's very sweet. And that's where, yeah, boom, right there. That's, that's where the team starts, I think. Right at that very moment is the birth of Claudette and Dutch or whatever. Well, they've been they've been very uh, friendly in other episodes. Like, oh, I, I compared to Danny and Julian, they are uh, <laughs> they are very good partners. Yes. No, I'm just you. Know, they've known <laughs> each other for years. I'm just fucking fucking with you. Um. <laughs> so let's see. Tavon. Oh, Tavon's now undercover. He's meeting with the gang. Who whoever I don't know if they're a gang, but whoever this guy is with the carjacking dude. Oh, yeah, because they made that guy that, that was sitting on the chair that he kicked, they made him give up his cousin. And they're just like, well, you know, he's just your cousin. He's not your brother or anything like that. I took offense to that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have some cousins that I, I love very much and would probably turn them in, you know, less. <laughs> it would take more to make me turn them in than my own sister. <laughs> really? <laughs> probably. I'm going to screenshot this and send it to your sister. <laughs> Does she listen to this? <laughs> no, no, no one listens to this. <laughs> That's true. So, um, so yeah, this Tavon dude, he almost gets into it with the carjacking guy. Yeah. But then he realizes, hey, listen, I got to be cool about this. And he tells the carjacking guy, no, 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 listen, we ain't got no beef. You know, whatever you want. You just tell me where and when and I'll get him there. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Claudette and Dutch are shaking up a drug deal. Oh, that guy on the street. <laughs> this scene is pretty good. Yeah, this scene is good. Yeah, you want to <laughs> Long John. Mm. 
Okay, do you want to explain <laughs> the scene? Uh, yeah, there's this big, tall uh, black guy that they, they're going to shake down, whose name is Long John. <laughs> Dutch is like, oh, the pirate gangster. <laughs> you want to know something about Long John? Huh. If you go on to his IMDb, because, like, you know, I was looking at the credits for the episode. His picture, like, when you click on his name, his picture is Kenan Thompson as Fat Albert. What? Yeah. So, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you find this episode, whatever, I can't, I'll look it up. I'll find the actor's name while you're describing the scene. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah. But I love it. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, they're, they're trying to get some information out of him. They're like, you know, we need some info on one of your customers. He's like, well, I don't have any customers. And if I talk to you, then I won't have them anymore. <laughs> so I love that line. It's pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, so they're kind of going back and forth. And Claudette kind of has to reach up on her tiptoes to get to this guy's hat. <laughs> and she pulls the hat off. And is like, you didn't think I could reach that, did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And uh, so she looks in there. And, oh, that's where he is. Stashing the drugs. Dun dun dun. It's so they like make him a little amount though. Yeah, it's a very small amount, but I mean you could still get in trouble for that. He's not gonna go away forever, but I'm sure he doesn't want to do any time, so whatever. Yes. His name is Aaron Frazier. And it is a picture of Keenan Thompson as Fat yes, Albert. He's in Fat Albert, but yeah, his profile <laughs> picture is just he must be sitting in the classroom somewhere, but you know, the little thumbnail, it just looks like, hey, is he Keenan Thompson? <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. that's tremendous. <laughs> um, uh, so he wants to skate on this drug thing. You know, he's like, I'll give you some info, but you got to let me slide on this. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll see. What do you see? Depends what you tell us. And uh, he says, you know, it was this tranny named Na- Mancy. <laughs> Not Nancy, Nancy, but Mancy. Yeah. Uh, and Dutch asks, you know, hey, is is Mancy a tranny or a transvestite? And the guy's like, uh, I don't know. Is there a difference? And Dutch is like, yeah, a rather big one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe a small one. Who knows? <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah. He says, is Mancy a manzy or a crossdresser? And he's like, is there a difference? And he's like, yeah, big one. Um, so Shane tells Vic, nobody's looking for Gilroy. Yeah. Nobody. That's very suspicious. No, the, the prison, the FBI, police, there's no warrants, no APBs, nothing. And Vic's like, this Especially is Especially like someone this high profile, you think there'd be something. A former, you know, assistant police chief. <laughs> yeah. So Claudette fills Danny in on what she thinks happened with Armadillo and the whole stabbing and all that shit. She doesn't want to, you know, Danny doesn't want to believe that Vic would do something like that. And truthfully, Vic didn't do something like that. He didn't know. Yeah. So he didn't. Um. So we're back with Gilroy. He's at the apartment. He's still a fucking dick, even though Vic and Shane are doing everything they can. Now he's back. Well. Well, just letting you know, the DA's looking into Terry again, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, just, there's nothing to give up, right? Like, yeah, you, you, didn't, didn't, you didn't do that. Right? Why did you kill him, huh? That's weird. <laughs> so they figured out he's wired. Yep. Yeah, so. Yep. He had a, a tape recorder in his boxer shorts. Mm-hmm. And that's why. <laughs> They're like, 
they kind of realized, oh, we've already frisked him twice, but that's why he went to the bar was to get it put on there. Yeah. So they had frisked him before that, not realizing. Fucking Gilroy's trash. Yeah. So, so they're pissed. Shane wants to fucking yeah, kill him right then and there. He's got a gun to his head. Uh, but then Gilroy's like, hey, there's a guy outside. He's been watching you all fucking day. Like, he knows everything. So if you kill me, like, he's going to just come in and catch you guys. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, he's seen all this stuff. We went to Quasi and tried to, to get all this stuff together for to get this guy out of the country. And apparently he was never going to leave the country in the first place. He was just going to give them up, and that would, you know, give him some kind of clemency, I guess, uh, if he got, you know, them in trouble. But Vic tells him, oh, no, you're fucking going. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, how am I going to live? It's like, what about, you know, you're talking about the, the, all you need is the beach and the camp. And of beans and shit like that. He's like, that's what I wasn't really going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're fucking going. Though. Like, we went through all this shit. You're fucking going and you're never yep. coming back. <laughs> and Shane is totally against this plan because he's like, that's just going to get us in trouble. And it is kind of weird that they're like, well, we can't get in trouble for this because he came to us. So that's entrapment. Yeah. It's like, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> you're trying to sneak someone out of the country. That is true. And, you know, like, well, they'll, they'll go somewhere, somehow they'll get in, and then they got you. Yeah. I don't know that they can't oh, use this, but Vic comes up with a plan anyway that kind of turns this whole thing around. So I guess that's cool. So Vic tells Acevedo and the civilian bitch that Gilroy jumped bail and that he's hanging out at his apartment. He's like, well, how come you didn't just bring him in? He's like, oh, I, I didn't want to bring him in. For Why didn't he want to bring him in? <laughs> well, it says, like, well, at first they're like, oh, just now he came by? Like, no, he came by this morning, but uh, I wanted to talk him into coming in on his own. I'd known him for a long time, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wanted to have him do the right thing, but but he's not. So just send someone over to go pick him up. And then he kind of says, like, oh, I couldn't bring him in now because he's drunk. But, like, that's not really an excuse. <laughs> you can bring him in drunk. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, uh, at the same time, uh, Lem comes and he's like, hey, the, you know, Tavon, we're ready to sting this car thing. And Vic's like, yeah, right now? And also Vic's like, yeah, get, get on that car thing. That's big. That's big stuff. We got to get on that. And, All right. So, yeah. <laughs> Vic's getting ready to go and Danny comes in and she's like, hey, Vic, what the fuck? Is this what happened with Armadillo? And he's like, what? I don't know. What? Huh? I don't know. And then she's like, you're fucking lying and shit, man. Like, just stay away from me. Like, she tells him to stay away. Yeah. He's like, who you been so. talking to? And it's like, who the fuck do you think she was talking to? The only other person <laughs> thinks that you're fucking guilty here is, you know, we all know Claudette knows you're, you're guilty. <laughs> Even though this time it wasn't him. Yeah. He didn't actually have have any part of this. But it is cool because I do like how I think we've talked about before is that there are consequences when they get into these situations. It's just not always them that are paying the uh, the price. Yeah. <laughs> First season it was Julian and now it's Danny who uh, just unwittingly is paying the price for this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, we find out she got suspended because uh, Vic's like, yeah, it sucked you got suspended for that or whatever. Yeah. But, and uh, her her troubles are nowhere near finished. You know, it sucks as though she didn't actually get suspended because she never missed an episode. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. I guess that was during the uh, the flashback episode. They're like, oh, we want to skip over the part where Danny's not here. She, yeah. She's the glue of this show. But she was there anyways. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Claudette and Dutch, they find that Nancy guy. 
we find, we see this, this civilian bitch on the phone and she's like she's ordering strikes and stuff like get in there now now go now 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 and get the tape too now and it's like what like you're you're calling the shots i don't know if you can yeah I, was didn't, I didn't ever get the impression that she was any kind of cop she's just some auditor civilian auditor as they keep yeah. saying yeah i don't know so how is she commanding police forces yeah, it was weird, but but we get we, we find out well she you know she's she's involved on this, you know she's involved yeah. in all they've, this shit. they've kind of been wondering the whole episode like who's been going to the DA about them in the first place to get this whole deal with Gilroy going, and uh, they think maybe it's Claudette like then Vic thinks it's definitely Aceveda because Aceveda says yeah our deal's more important than ever so he's like oh he's saying all the right things it's got to be him and <laughs> shit like that yeah. but then they start to realize oh it was Laney the whole time. So Aceveda addresses the whole squad, and now finally Claudette's like, "Yeah, Aceveda, you did it, man. You said the right thing." It's just a. It really thing. wasn't though. It was a terrible speech. Like it I would was. not be motivated at all by that. I don't know. It was. It lasted like ten seconds, and it was just very boilerplate and uh, I'm gonna not do very impressive. I'm going to save every job here. Yeah, I'll fight like hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, now go do your jobs. Yep. Oh, for me. Great. Very <laughs> stirring. Vote for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention that uh, after just last week on the show where I was like, I don't know if we ever do see the chief on this show, but we do in the very next week. Yep. Uh, we do see the chief in this episode, and uh, he is having a meeting with Aceveda, who He's basically reaming him out for this whole, you know, uh, lady's report, basically all this shit that's going on. He's like, uh, you know, I should definitely be firing you right now, and Aceveda tries to pull some slick shit and the chief's just kind of like all right look here's the deal uh either you're gonna win the primary and become a city councilman and you remember that i gave you an extra six months or you'll lose the primary and then you're gonna have to quit your job and uh just be like i needed some personal time with my family after all the strain of the, the election shit so uh either way Aceveda's out of here in a couple of months yeah. one way or another yeah by hook or by crook okay so Oh, we get this scene where Danny and Julian are coaching the pregnant girl in the jail. It's a life coach. And then Danny's like, I'll take your baby if you don't want your baby. And it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty weird. And then she doesn't want to give it to her. She's like, I'm, gonna, I'm not giving my baby to a white cop. I'd rather kill him myself. Yeah, she says. <laughs> That's hard. I ain't giving my baby to a white cop. I'd rather kill him with my bare hands. Yeah. To which I think. Dwight Schrute should come in and cut off your bare hands with his samurai sword <laughs> in reference to one of the episodes of The Office. You remember that episode where him and uh, him and Andy are going to are going to duel and he's like, mm-hmm. bring your weapon. And he's like, I don't need a weapon. I will, I will. I will just use my bare hands. And Dwight's like, that is dumb. I am going to bring a samurai sword and I will cut off. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> bare hands. Um, They're uh this lady, her, the, uh, the the father of her baby is apparently this guy named Antonio who now wants nothing to do with her. And uh, it made me think, in the movie The Guest, um, there's this song from the soundtrack that I really like and I ended up downloading after I saw the movie called Antonio, which is basically the same thing about this, you know, this lady who got knocked up by a guy named Antonio who just kind of left and she doesn't even know if he knows she's pregnant or, or something like that. So I wonder if it was inspired by this episode. 
I've never even heard of the guest, the movie, and you're downloading a soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's kind of horror-ish, so you should definitely check it out. Is it Russian? No, it's uh, it's it's American. Okay. All right. Yeah. The, well, I don't know. If I see it somewhere, maybe I'll watch it if it's on yeah. some. All right. Pretty good. Um, so Gilroy shows up to the ride. You know, like they didn't think he was going to show up, but he shows up with Coyote Jack. Because they had to I, shake the tail, and they were like, "Oh, he's too drunk to do that. He's never going to make it." Yeah. <laughs> Well, he but makes, he does, and he apparently had to stop on the way to drop off $10,000 to someone he thought was the coyote. Yes. But then Vic opens the door, and there's Coyote. And, and, and Gilroy's like, who the fuck's this dude? And he's like, this is the guy that's going to get you to Mexico. And Gilroy's like, well, who did I just give $10,000 to? And he's like, the hitman is going <laughs> to kill you if I give him this code. <laughs> I like that Vic just has a hitman on, on speed yeah. dial. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he just tells him, too, like, you just paid your own hitman. And then Gilroy, like, starts fucking, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, goading him a little bit. He's like, oh, you had your gun to my head. And he's like, you, you couldn't do it. And he's like, nope, I'm giving this to Shane. Shane can definitely yeah. do this. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Gilroy doesn't realize that Shane's such a fuck-up that he's guaranteed to lose that number. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever that code is. So it's kind of an empty threat. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's the end of Gilroy, I guess. Is that the end of Gilroy? He goes off to Mexico. Um, there is more mention of Gilroy later on. I'll say that for sure. Because you know who we haven't even met yet is Mrs. Gilroy. Oh. Do you remember who that, that was? No. Yeah. Oh, you definitely should. Why? Is it Kristen Bell again? <laughs> no. Dual. But she's, she's married to a writer of the show, so... Married to the writer of this show. Oh, fucking <laughs> uh, Peg Bundy? Yep. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. <laughs> What's her name? Yep, yep. Uh, oh. yep, that's it. Yeah. Yes, we'll be seeing her at some point. I wonder what the Seagal twins are up to. Oh, man. Yeah. They should have been on this show. Is she like, is Mrs. Gilroy like a foul mouth fucking biker? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she's kind of more of like a you know a nice homemaker, yeah, like okay. the responsible one in the family. Ooh. Oh, like uh, Naomi Watts in Twin Peaks. Oh, I love her in that show. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Lem tells Shane and Vic that uh, Tavon's solid, and you know, you know Shane's like, yeah, we could use him because he's black, or he says something like that. We can get. Well, Lem says that. Shane wants no oh, part of this. He's already off to a bad start with this guy. Like, he hates Tavon already, pretty much just because he's racist. That's yeah, why. that is true, yeah, because yeah, yeah, he comes in, Tavon comes in, he gives Vic papers. He's like, these are my transfer papers. My you know, my old sergeant wants to know, like, am I staying or what? And Vic's like, yeah, you're staying for a while. And then Shane's very not happy about that. Yeah. Even when, they like, Tavon came in the first first time like he has a whole conversation with Vic as soon as they get outside like what's this new guy like I don't like it and you kind of think okay maybe it's just because he doesn't like the whole doesn't want the Terry thing to happen again but no it's pretty clear that it's just because he doesn't like Tavon because he's black no oh, yeah that's that's all <laughs> simple yep um so we get a scene where you know Danny's all down and shit what's going on and Julian's like, you want to come to church with me and the wife? 
And she's like, I, I haven't been to church in nine years or since I was nine, nine years old or whatever. Yeah. How about you come up with a better offer? Like, you want to come over for dinner? Or yeah, you want to go, go get a steak or something? Like, like, you want to come to church? Fuck you. Want no. to go, you want to go sit somewhere where we can't talk to each other? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I would love that. Yeah, yes, please. And they talk about boring things for 45 minutes? Oh, boy. Julian's like, God remembers you. And then Danny's like, I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, Sick burn on your lord. Uh, civilian bitch wants to take Vic and the strike team out. Yeah, she plays the tape, the Gilroy tape, for the chief. But they have, you know, since once they figured out that he was being taped, they just kind of, you know, recited some stuff into the tape, basically. <laughs> Where it's like, no, you know all that stuff about us is made up. That's just street talk. It's all about what people think you will do, not what you've actually done. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes yeah. she buys it. <laughs> yeah, because the chief, he's in pay. He ain't having any of this. He's like looking at his watch and shit. And he's yeah. like, whatever. Like, just, you know, civilian bitch, get the fuck out of here. I ain't got time for your stupidity right now. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Vic and Claudette. Her. And then Vic and Claudette kind of have a brief talk at the end because she's emailing her kids. You know, once again, you know, she's facing her mortality, as you said. And. Figures, I better get back in touch with my kids, and Vic wants to talk or use the computer or whatever, and she's like... Yeah, yeah he wants to use the computer to file his report, which, that's fucked up that they only have one computer. I realize it was <laughs> an earlier time, but you got to have more than one computer, or at least set some real strict guidelines about personal use of the computer. <laughs> Dude, it was 2003. I probably had two computers at my house, like a laptop and a desktop. Yeah, see? You know I mean? It's, it's you not definitely need more than one. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I would think, you know, if they have tear gas and bulletproof vests and tanks, they probably have two computers. Yeah, but. you would think. Oh, but man. that's where we end this episode, is with Claudette and uh, Vic talking to each other. Uh, another seven, I would say. Another, It's solid enough. It's not awesome, but it's not terrible. Yeah. I really like the Gilroy stuff. I think that was always strong. I remember when I first saw this episode, I was just like, oh, shit, Gilroy's back. Like, oh, no. And then you find out that he was he was wired and shit and that they saw all this stuff. You're like, oh, God, this is a real pickle. How are they going to get out of this one? Yeah. But, uh, it's impressive the way that they did. And uh, they turned it around and made it look like, oh, yeah, they're not up to anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the chief actually bought it. So, so that was cool. Yeah. All right. Let's award it. All right. Best quotes. Um, uh, let's get on here. Let me look through my notes here. I like uh, early on there's when uh, Gilroy's just like, I can't go to prison, Vic. The best my lawyer can do is eight years. My liver can't do seven. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Fucking yep. lush. Yeah. <laughs> or when Shane's like, if you're looking for a loan from us, you can tickle my zipper. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, at the very beginning of the or at the very beginning of the episode, um, when Vic walks into the into the precinct or whatever, and him and Claudette just stare at each other as he's walking. She's sitting at her desk, and they never really break eye contact. And he comes over, and he's like, you know, what? What, what are you What are you doing or whatever? And she's like, you read the newspaper? And he's like, yeah, the Lakers cut it pretty close last night. And then she's like, <laughs> they're not the only ones. That was a good line. <laughs> yeah. She just let him know. Like, 
you got away with it <laughs> for now i like that then she says like oh i don't i just don't like not liking my job and josh is like well it makes you feel any better we might not have jobs soon enough yeah uh there's a good, good line with the pregnant girl who doesn't want to give danny her baby mm-hmm. uh she says um just because i'm pregnant doesn't mean i have to stop bringing it <laughs> so basically we find out this girl wanted somebody to beat the fuck out of her to make this kid die she didn't want the baby so she yeah. was fighting shit to get somebody to kill this kid off yeah and she figures if she if this didn't work then she'll just get rid of it some other way in prison but she's like this way gets me the most street cred it's like i don't know about that uh when dutch finds out that lady had a heart attack he says heart attack probably doesn't count for a win <laughs> So he's, he's real worried about wins for his resume. Uh, I like when uh, Quasi is trying to take a picture of Gilroy for his you know fake ID, and uh, he's, he keeps speaking Spanish and Gilroy doesn't understand him. And so Vic comes in. And he's like, he's like, Vic, what's this guy saying? And he's like, he says, stop smiling. You look gay. <laughs> Makes you look gay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. That was a good quote. <clears throat> Once again, they'd never get away with this nowadays. No. Nope. <laughs> Speaking of this other line uh, that Lem says at a certain point, which it's like the worst line reading I've ever heard. But uh, <laughs> basically the part where he and Tavon are interviewing that guy in the interrogation room. And uh, he's just like, listen, you go along willingly or I tell my homo homie or your homo homies that you're my snitch bitch. It's like, how do you say that line? <laughs> yeah. And whoever who. who who wrote this episode? Uh, Reed Steiner. Is it? That's a man, I'm guessing. I bet he I was think real, so. He's real happy about that. He was yeah. so happy. Your homo homies, you're my snitch bitch. By the way, whenever like Dr. Seuss asks, whenever you um, whenever you say Reed Steiner's name, it comes up as Reed's Diner. That's about it. I, I don't think I have any other quotes. Uh, let's see. Oh, I like when uh, like Lem is saying nice things about Tavon and uh, Shane, you know, doesn't like that. So he's just like, don't cream all over this guy before you even see him naked. She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so jealous. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like he's no Ronnie or even you or me for that matter. Yeah. Fuck you. Oh, well, there is a good quote right at the end where – like Vic, you know, when when Claudette's on the computer and she ain't, uh, he's like, "Are you gonna be a while?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a long time. I'm writing an email." And then he gets like right in her face and he's like, "You better figure out how much you hate me because I'm not going anywhere." And like Claudette's just still typing, never looks at him, nothing, just says, "Neither am I." Yeah. It's just a very good line. That's like where the show ends. It's just very good. She never that, looks at him, nothing. That is baller because like I would be intimidated as fuck. If Vic Mackey was saying that to me, but she's just like not plussed at all. Like Ew. fucking whatever. I love her. <laughs> she, no uh, shit. She, she's kind of badass. Yeah, I love her. Um, I also like in the scene where Tavon is talking to the car guy, and it just turns into a whole thing of them calling each other bitch over and over again. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yo, the Saint Detroit bitch, you better back up off me, bitch. You just call me a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so Tavon, huh? He's in the show. I, I don't remember this dude at all. Wow. Nope. Yeah, Tavon, he, uh, his name is Brian White. I guess the other thing I've seen him in would be uh, Cabin in the Woods. He was like the uh, security guard kind of guy in the underground. Oh, God. <laughs> that movie's not very good. Oh, I love that movie. It is okay. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was, it was damn solid. We watched a movie the other night, uh, not to change the subject, and I'm only making this podcast longer, but <laughs> I think it's called Hangman, and it might be on Tubi, and it has um, Jeremy Sisto in it. It's another, like, home invasion movie, but it's pretty creepy. It was it, it was decent for a movie where we're like, all right, I'm just putting this fucking on. I'm so sick of looking through a menu. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm just putting this on, and it, it, it actually wasn't bad. It's You know, I wouldn't bust your ass to get home and watch it, but it's okay. All right. Yeah, maybe I'll get around to that one. Yeah. I need some new stuff. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's all the quotes I got. All right. Well, let's see who wins the Kristen Bell this time around for Best Guest Star. Well, I got Mancy with a question mark next to it. <laughs> I don't know. There's, no, there's, there's, like, nothing in this episode. I can't say tape on because he's barely in this episode, too, and... He's not really, you know, if he's going to be on 11 episodes, it's not really a guest star. I like that he went with the person who was basically just there. You see her for like one second. She just turns around and hisses like a vampire in the light. Like, that's all she does. I think it's a dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what, what it is. <laughs> uh, it's Guy Perry. It's a man. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah it's a good Good call, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very memorable two seconds of film. Yep, I went with Mancy. <laughs> uh, I went with Gilroy, uh, mm, John yeah. Deal. Um, he was kind of recurring in the first season, but at this point, he's definitely a guest star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I just, he's just been so established in the show. But yeah, I guess yeah. he got back up, so I don't know, but that's fair. I love Gilroy. You know I love Gilroy. I get my Gilroy on. Hell Yeah. All right. Uh, MVP of this episode. I mean, this was tough. I really, I, I didn't know who to put. I went with Vic. I mean, this is yeah, a, that's what I, I ended up going with. Yeah. With a question mark next. Yeah. I mean, it could be, I don't know, like Claudette doesn't necessarily do the, the best stuff in here, but she has a good storyline going. Like, there's a lot of good character development with Claudette in this episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. she, oh, look, she is vulnerable. She's not a total fucking badass. She does have problems, and she isn't the the mom of the, you know, the super mom or whatever. She does she does have relationship issues. and mm-hmm. So it's a good Claudette episode. But yeah, I'm going I agree. She, yeah, you're right. It's very much a character episode for her. Her storyline of just looking into this heart attack that ends up just being a heart attack isn't really that impressive. But from a character standpoint, just the dialogue like she has a lot of good quotes like we mentioned so it's good good in that way but mvp yep. i'm yeah i think i'm with you on vic yeah, as far as uh the way he turned this whole situation around was pretty good yeah yeah the insurance policy at the end where he's like you just paid your own hitman I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah vic vic ain't fucking around no more <laughs> so good yeah all right uh the vendrell cup for the biggest fuck up Oh, I mean, it's Gilroy. <laughs> this whole episode <laughs> is pretty fucking... <laughs> yep. 
I uh, I went with Laney, the civilian auditor. Hmm. Um, even if she, I don't know, I don't know if that was actually her leaking the thing or not. Could have been. Um, but even if not, she, her main goal was to take out the strike team, and she goes to the chief at the end, and he just fucking shuts her down. So she completely failed uh, in that regard. So I'm going with her for the biggest. So fuck who up who do we think leaked the story? That's a good question. Because I honestly don't know. It definitely wasn't Aceveda. It only hurt him. He's usually the leaker of these things. Um, well, because, like, when we find out, like, where she's like, you make sure you get that tape and stuff, I'm thinking, like, okay, she probably leaked the story and then just mm-hmm. pretended like she didn't leak it. That's my guess. That's, but, I mean, it's got to be that, right? I would think Cause maybe else? it'll come up again in, like, an episode or two. Yeah, maybe they do get some resolution on that by the time season ends but yeah i'm not sure it doesn't seem like anybody else would have access to it they're right yeah because who else because even Acevedo's like who else would even have access to that you know what i mean when earlier on the episode where she's like i don't know how this leaked he's like i was supposed (laughs) to see this before it ever printed If, if she did leak it like that's the ballsiest yet stupidest move i've ever heard of a document that you, only you have access to, and you're going to leak it and be like, I don't know. Please tell me somebody <laughs> this lady. No, no. How, is she well, on? Luckily, I don't run? Or how long is no. this lady? No. I think she's definitely done by the end of this season, um, if okay. not right now. There's really three episodes left. Yep. We're getting, okay, good, good, good. Very good. I don't like her. <laughs> and once again don't like the character the lady probably real nice and shit but she's getting yeah. in the way of big Mackey doing things and that uh, that annoys exactly. me and i mean she's not just only that but she's fucking up everyone's job really yeah. by doing this like she's endangering everyone she's too big for her britches as they would say yeah that's what's going on she thinks she's more important than she is i agree so all right well uh we got the dumpy award for the worst part of the episode uh just once again danny and julian and the pregnant lady and all that church and uh, adoption and who gives a fuck look like antonio sound like antonio it's gonna be a little (laughs) antonio (laughs) Uh, what do you got um i went with i went with something very specific again well actually i had two for this one uh first as we already mentioned acevedo's speech (laughs) <laughs> what yeah. a terrible speech yeah. uh, very uninspired not impressive not what you want from your leader um, but the other one, the even more specific one I don't know if you noticed it or maybe they fixed it on the Hulu one um, but at least on the DVD version right before the theme song like Vic and, and uh, Gilroy get in their car like Vic's car and they start driving off and, like, they fast-forwarded it or something. It, like, looks – it's real fast motion, and Vic's, like, turning the wheel, like, super fast. And it's, like, it's jarring. I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. Oh, I'm I... sure it was some kind of an editing thing. She was like, this is taking too long. We got to speed it up. But it just – you can tell that they're basically fast-forwarding, and it looks terrible. Oh, I had no idea. No, I don't recognize that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, it, if they changed it on Hulu or not. But, yeah, it, it was – it was a fuck up for sure. Huh. So I went with that. All right. Because cool. uh, it bumped me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
All right. Well, uh, I guess it's time to hit the theme song for our recasting segment. Who would they be if they weren't on the shield? This is where we take a look at different actors on the show and figure out other roles that they could have out there in the world. This year, we're or this season, I should say, we're looking at uh, WWE wrestlers, or I guess any other wrestlers yeah, if you really want to do, like TNT yeah. or something. Yeah. WWE <laughs> or WCW. TNT's a channel. <laughs> There's TNA. Oh, oh, TNA. That's what I'm thinking of. Well, they might yeah. have wrestlers on TNT someday. Yeah, there yeah. AEW's on TNT right now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. See, I was almost right. Yes. <laughs> on so many levels. There it is. <laughs> but also almost wrong on so many levels. They're mostly wrong. So this week's rough, Jank. I only got like I only got two names and one name because it was rough. <laughs> One person I barely know. The other person doesn't deserve me thinking all that much about them. Yep. That's that's accurate. <laughs> this week we are looking at Michael Jace, who plays Julian, and Brian White, who plays the new guy, Tavon. Yep. All right. So you want to go first? Um, sure. <laughs> Should we get Michael Jace out of the way? Go for it, because I'm sure we have the same answer here. I'm guessing we do, yeah. Yeah. Um, I went with Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris yeah. Benoit. Although I do have a second name for you. The only other person I could think of that he, Julian could be is also uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, who also murdered his wife or whatever. Did he really? Yeah, and he got away with it. And then when they try, like when they went to try him later on, like his mental capacities had been failing, and he kind of was out of it, and then he died. But oh, he, he got away with it, though. He murdered. His, I, I think it was his girlfriend at the time. Yeah, he, he, I think he choked her out or something. I can't remember the details, but oh, so wow. he, he could be either one. But uh, you know, as we've talked about many times, Michael Jace murdered his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the kids were home. Uh, he's in jail for life, I guess. I think he's in for life, but uh, yeah. So we're not making light of it, but it's the no. same. You know. Uh, yeah, the parallels there are uh, are real. Yeah, but you know, Chris Benoit was still around, and they were in prison together. I'm sure they'd have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, Michael James could have shot himself in the head afterwards. Yeah. But he didn't. Jimmy Stucker didn't no. kill. Nah, he he was just like, well, I'll kill the the woman, and then I'll just keep living. Hmm. So that's who I got for Julian. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. He's yep. terrible in the show. He's terrible in life. Fuck Julian. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, we just kind of had to do him. It's perfunctory. Yep. All right, uh, Tavon. Brian White seems like much better guy all the way around. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't no know. No problems about, with him. I think he had maybe four to six minutes of screen time in this episode, so I didn't get to know him very well. I don't remember him. Yeah. So I. I I only got one name. Oh, okay, go ahead. The only name I could come up with is when I see him, the the first person, he kind of reminds me of him, his name is Montez Ford. He's he's a newer guy. Uh, he's only been around a couple years. He, he He's part of a tag team called the Street Profits, but he almost looks like that dude. And oh. like, I look at him, I'm like, oh, that looks like Montez Ford. Like, you know, taller, lankier. And his partner is named... Uh, 
Oh shit! Oh, D'Angelo Hawkins, and he—he's like he's like a stout kind of fat dude, and like they're awesome though. Like they're they're like they're always like getting the crowd going, but since there's no crowds, like they're not as <laughs> oh yeah, slow. they're in a real slump right now. Yeah, so I I haven't I haven't been watching wrestling really too much. All right, so who, who do you got for Tave on? Um, I don't know. I was really trying to struggle to find anything. Um, I went to some guy named Leo. R- Rush? <laughs> Leo Rush? <laughs> I'm like, Leo oh, Rush kinda. is real small. He's like five foot tall, I think. Yeah. Like 110 pounds. This guy didn't seem big. <laughs> I, mean, I guess he's decently tall, though. I didn't realize how short uh, Leo Rush was. Yeah, he's a, he. Well, it says he's five six. I don't know. Like when I see him in, you know, on WWE, at least when he used to be, he's not on as much anymore. But uh, he, he he's wee tiny compared to like you put him next to like. <laughs> Whoever, you know, John Cena comes out and Leo Rush looks like a little kid asking for an autograph. <laughs> yeah, you know, was, uh... I, I get it. You're not like I hear you. Did you look up Montez Ford? Yes, my Internet finally started working again. And yeah, it, I can totally see that. Yeah, it just that makes a lot of sense. Dude. Yeah, that's the first name because I yeah, I don't know Tavon yet. Yeah, this that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that's way better than my answer. So Leo, yeah, Leo, right? Well, Montez Ford, he, that's a deep cut, though. I like it. I, I like it. Yeah. I like where your head's at on that one. Well, I'm deep. I'm, I'm more into wrestling than you. Yeah. Because if we were back sure. superheroes, you'd be like, oh, he reminds me of you know this X Men from 1972. He was only in <laughs> issues. He secret power is he could make air conditioning anytime he wants. <laughs> The best. <laughs> I want to be that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a life that would be. That Speaking would be. of, yeah, we should probably do some uh, superheroes for Brian White uh, since he wasn't around last season, but he is now. So we can go back and retroactively do give him some superhero roles. Uh, I had a couple in mind. Yeah. I forgot all about this. So <laughs> okay. Well, I'll see what you think of these. Uh, Falcon. Yeah. On the Avengers, for yeah. sure. I can see that. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, he wouldn't be as good as Anthony Mackie, but, you know, he could do it. He could do dog. a fine job, probably. <laughs> uh, Spawn. I could see him as Spawn. Oh, Spawn, yeah. He'd be a good Spawn. Yeah. He's supposed to be redoing was... Spawn again, and McFarlane like, had, had like a big thing involved with it and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think McFarlane's still trying to get the money to do it. Like <laughs> uh, Jamie Foxx is supposed to be in it, I think. Oh, Jamie Foxx, okay. But uh, the way he was, I mean, I love Todd McFarlane, and I want him to be able to achieve this, you know, movie, but the way he was describing it, it sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well. Like, he's just trying to make a horror movie that's not about superheroes, and it's like, oh, that doesn't sound good at all. Like, yeah. He, it's just going to be about side characters and maybe Spawn will kind of be lurking in the background. And every once in a while you see something that kind of looks like Spawn, but he's like, yeah, there's no costumes. There's no villains. There's no anything. It's like, Oh, that's not really Spawn. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a, like a French art house movie. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to make the hereditary of Spawn movies. Oof. <laughs> well, speaking of which, we saw another pretentious piece of shit. Uh, you ever see Relic? No, but I just watched uh, Half in the Bag today where they were talking about it, and they loved it. I hated it. It was so boring. Like, we got to the end, and I was like, this wasn't worth $6 to rent. I know that much. 
Oh, damn, I, that's how much it is to rent? Yeah, it was like five ninety nine or something on Amazon Prime, but, like, it got good reviews and shit. It's just, it's so boring, man. It's, I guess, like, you know, if you like Hereditary, maybe you'll like it, but it's, it's Doll's Wheel. I'd rather rent Aqua Slash. What's Aqua Slash? <laughs> that's some, uh, they also did a review on this, uh, Half in the Bag recently. It's, I guess, some, like, it's kind of like a slasher, I guess, set in, a, uh, like a, you know, a water park. Uh-huh. Um... And like this, someone keeps killing people in this water slide. Oh, okay. Uh, it seems very simple, and it, they they weren't they didn't like love it very much. But I mean, it seems like the kind of thing I might enjoy. I might get some kind of enjoyment out of it. Well, I think it's I think it's new. There's a movie on Tubi called. Uh, let me look up the name real quick. Oh, it's got um, Dante from Clerks in it. And it's yes. a horror movie comedy, and it's on Tubi. I was wondering. Is it vulgar? Mm, that doesn't. Brutal Massacre, a comedy. Have you ever seen this? Oh. No, never heard uh, of that one. And it's got like Toby Hooper in it, I think, the guy that directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's acting in it, or he directed it? I don't know. I think he's acting in it. Hmm. And David Naughton's in it. But I saw a commercial for it on. Um, I don't know. I was watching probably Dennis the Menace earlier, and I don't know. I saw a commercial <laughs> somewhere for it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll check that out. Brutal Massacre, a comedy is called. But once again, we're, this is a S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, Jake. Nobody wants to hear <laughs> on Tubi. This is already three okay. hours long. Nobody wants to listen to it. <laughs> well, All right. Uh, I just had one other one real quick. This is where we get into those obscure X-Men characters. I was going to go with Jesse Aronson, a.k.a. one of the Bedlam brothers. Uh, who originally appeared in the Age of Apocalypse, and then and the uh, regular universe version appeared as a member of X uh, Force later on. Jesse who? Bedlam? Jesse Aronson. He's one of the Bedlam brothers. It was like two brothers who had you know powers and shit like that. Jesse Aronson Bedlam. I'm googling it. All right. Yeah. Who's the other brother? Uh, I forget what his name was. Terry? <laughs> I think it might have been Terry. All right. Well, I mean, was he a superhero, too? Uh, I believe in uh, the Age of Apocalypse, they were both, both kind of villains. In the regular universe, Jesse was on X-Force, and I believe the brother was a villain. All right. That's weird. Okay. Bedlam. Yeah. Yeah, one of the Bedlam brothers. So, uh, it's like racer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Speaking of which, I watched Speed Racer again this week. We're not getting into that, though. But, by the way, <laughs> uh, you know, if nobody knows, Speed Racer is an awesome movie, and you should watch it. That's all. I love it. I'll, I'll see it someday. Maybe. You still have never seen Speed Racer? <laughs> nope. Oh, my God. It's on HBO Max, if you have that. Oh, I think I do. Yeah. So but I still probably won't watch it. Oh, I, but I maybe. love it so much. <laughs> it's, it's so long and awesome. <laughs> so many colors. You gotta, you gotta be a fan of the cartoon though. If you're not a cartoon fan of the Speed Racer, there's no point. But it is good. Okay. All right. So, anyways, the Shield though, Jank. The Shield. Yeah. I guess uh, next week, let's talk a little bit about what we're gonna do for the wrestlers next week because we're really getting to the part where you know you gotta stretch a little bit here. So, uh, we gotta pick two actors for next week. I'm gonna say these are probably our options at this point. Uh, we gotta pick two of these four. We got, we got Corinne. Oh. We got Connie. All right, we'll do Connie. We got Emma. 
And we got Lainey, your favorite character of all time. God damn, man. Shit. All right. <laughs> That's it. We're, we're down to, there's, there's only four people left. I think so. Like, who else could we really do? <laughs> uh, Those are, like, the main characters. Unless we want to throw Gilroy in, even though he was only in, like, two episodes this season. But, I mean, we could. Yeah, let's just, yeah, all right. We'll do Connie and Gilroy. Yeah, let's do Gilroy. Fuck it. Okay. Because I, I, I was trying to think, like, who did we do last season? But we did Connie and Gilroy last season. So yep. it's only fair they get worked back into the rotation again. I mean, we can always do Gilroy. because <laughs> we love him. Yeah, he's evergreen. Yeah. Hell yeah. His liver's not. But no, no. Don't. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I did want to mention, oh, we did get some uh, some emails. Nothing about the prize yet, but uh, I did want to read one of these uh, uh, if it will load, uh, which it was loaded, but now it won't show up for some reason. Oh. Uh, so the Ryan oh, yeah. has come up with casting choices for us as wrestlers, me and you. Oh, sweet. All right. <laughs> so let me read this to you, except now the email doesn't want to work. Uh, uh, all right, here we go. Um, Let's see. So here we here it says also if you guys were wrestlers, Jank, the genius, thought of him before you guys tossed this wrestler out because you remember so much of the details and references to other things that have been in. <laughs> I can see that because like whenever you whenever a comic book comes up you'll be like oh yeah I remember back in 1987 he showed up for one page in you know an Ultimate Spider-Man or whatever and it's like oh okay. Yeah, I could see that. You are like a walking insect. I know a lot of random stupid shit that no one should know. Well, it's, you know, it's somebody should know it. <laughs> you know Somebody's got to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> and here we go. I think you'll be happy about yours. All right. I hope it's not Andre. <laughs> Larry, The Rock, because he's the people's podcaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Finally. I knew you'd be happy. The Rock has come back to podcasting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you, The Ryan. Yeah, The Rock's my all-time favorite wrestler, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll love this episode because he likes the Sleepaway Camp talk, so. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, is he a fan of Sleepaway Camp? Oh, uh, he must be. I mean, he gave this episode he was reviewing, he gave it an 8 out of 10 because of the lack of Sleepaway Camp talk. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. All right. So, yeah. I, so, I, this one should make him very happy. I love the Sleepaway Camp movies, too. God damn man, I love them. I watched so two good. today. I watched two. Nice. I love two. One yesterday. Two might be my favorite. Two? Yeah. I'm not sure. They're all so good. Honestly, those first three are all very good. They are. Yeah. And they kept finding new ways to do it, which is... Even though there's only three of them, I feel like they covered more ground than the Friday the 13th movies did. Yeah. It's just like, hey, we're going to open up the camp again and, and do the same thing again. Yeah. At least this one was trying different things. Like, oh, let's have the camp, you know, where they mix and match the, the rich kids with the poor kids. Yeah, they, they do try to do different things. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not, you know, it's not many horror movies where somebody gets killed with a bee's nest. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So. Poor Bill. <laughs> All right, we're, gonna, so, we're definitely going to have to do a, uh, a, a full uh, sleepaway camp special at some point. Yes. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Sooner than later. Mackie's Clubhouse presents Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Angela's Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Angela's Clubhouse. <laughs> Richard, Angela. All right. I think we're done, right? Yep. I think that's it. Till next week. Bye, motherfuckers. Oh, wait. If you want to email us, though, real quick, isn't it uh, Mackie's Clubhouse at Yahoo? Did we mention that? Yeah, Mackie's Clubhouse at Yahoo.com. Bye, motherfuckers. Hey, Mo! Your sister's ass really tastes as sweet as Alvarez here says it does. He wants to know what your mama's putting in the corn muffins.